0: so are you okay how we doing everybody, everybody got their masks on are you are you ready for the pandemic that's about to sweep this goddamn nation and put us all on our goddamn asses you're aware of that right i'm sure you heard stephen king predicted it a long time ago with captain trips and then it was just going to go running rampant through our fucking population and eventually there's be five people living on a goddamn beach so wear your masks it's very important i uh i don't have a goddamn mask but i need to get a mask it's funny when this happened. I thought to myself, uh, I thought to myself that our friend Lily von Stupp would have masks, and uh, all day today she's been posting on Facebook that she can't buy masks because real people are stealing all of the masks and uh, and hoarding them. Because look, man, because everybody's fucking insane. Now again, it's one of those things where it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. We all have to protect ourselves. I I drive Uber on occasion, as you know. I'm in the car lurking, and I'm driving people to and fro, and uh, they cough. People cough. They get they're sickly they're ill uh they should be in a fucking iron lung not a toyota camry hybrid for fuck's sake and rolling around let you know what let the monkeys throw you on a goddamn iron lung and roll you uh, around and do that on a city street like they're rolling a four-post bed or whatever the fuck around you know what you put on your inner davy jones and cough into a goddamn pillow while the monkeys wheel you through an intersection okay get out of my fucking car who do you think you are coming in here spreading the disease like anthrax is a debut album I know it might not have been anthrax's debut album look we're working off the top of our head here I remember spreading the disease I think that's you know it might not have to be their debut album but it is the first album by anthrax that I I did get uh and not a good cover either anthrax eh, they they need to work on the artwork a little bit but they they've got a twin guitar attack that's coming right for your goddamn throat and when Joey was there it was really peak anthrax I mean certainly uh your your friend uh, John Bush Frank Bush uh, anthrax bush jody bush might have been jody bush that's who i'm going to say that i'm going to say the band anthrax risked all of their credibility with all of their fans and hired a lead singer named jody and he came in and he tore it up no it's uh, john bush right and then of course uh, joey belladonna came back and i think he's back there now and uh, i'm going to share this with you well i'll tell you this in a second well i can't well fuck it i'll just tell you uh there's a. am uh, gonna i know i'm gonna lose my way here but uh, but uh we went to this dio thing last week our friend my friend jimmy uh, no my friend jimmy my friend pat francis and i Uh, We went up at a Ronnie James Dio concert, and it was uh, well. It wasn't really a concert; it was more of a production, more of a film strip, really. Like imagine if you were in fifth grade, and they said, "All right, uh, we're going to show you Ronnie James Dio on a film strip." And then uh, there's this hologram lurking, and then a full band kicks in and plays "We Rock," and your fucking uh, heart leaps out of your chest. "We Rock," maybe not "We Walk." You know what? Actually. I went to a, a Ronnie James Chang concert and they played We Walk. It was not good. Uh, nothing I enjoyed and certainly I'm I'm sure I'm gonna get me too'd for that now. I shouldn't be doing you know, that was did I is that beyond the pale? Did I do that now? Did I make a huge fucking mistake? See, I wait a day to do the show, I try to get my gather my thoughts and do this the right fucking way, and look what happens. That happens. Fuck. Um and why the fuck was it Oh, because sorry, it's on the program they're talking about who's gonna be at this show and the funniest thing about it was like they were like, uh, the the Death of the Dragon Award will be presented to Mark Collins from Wea International, and uh, like all these fucking label dudes were getting prizes, but they were named after they were awards, but they were named after shit like Dio would say, you know, like the the We Rock Ride the Holy Diver Award goes to Stephen Wilson from from Columbia Records. It's like, dude, I and I, I'm sure, and they were presented by like Tommy Lee. And shit like that. So I'm sure Tommy Lee's up there and he's like, Oh, it's a bros ride fucking deal. Let's remember there you go fucking horns up. All right. Let's talk about this now. Here's the fucking uh, uh the mob rules award. We're gonna present it to looks like Thomas Reynolds of fucking Wia, Electra Atlantic. All right, Thomas Reynolds. And then they just they play fucking the Dio songs. And then he comes up and he's like, I'd I'd like to really thank everyone, of course Wendy Dio for having me shut the fuck up. Fuck your awards and fuck your dumb names and fuck label guys getting awards. Although it was a cancer show. But I'll tell you this, fucking Dio, this made me laugh, Pat and I are in the lobby of this fucking thing. I should tell you, the reason we got to go is because Pat Francis got invited and he said, hey, man, do you want to go to this fucking Dio tribute? And I said, yeah, but it turned out it was the same day as the Eddie Money thing we were going to. So we had to kind of split the difference. So we could only see the. it was, fun, it was actually pretty cool because we got to skulk around in an empty building and watch uh, the deal band warm up. We got to see sound checks and shit like that, which was totally fun, right? I dug that. And then we're going to book in the middle of it and go ahead and check out the Eddie Money concert. By the way, we're going to book back in 1983 is what we're going to do. What do you mean you're going to book? Who the fuck am I? Dude, let's book. <laughs> ah, fuck. We got in our VW van and we headed over to the other show. Um so we get in there, and they've got uh, programs galore for everybody to have. Uh, they're, and they're on seats. Here's my favorite thing. Again, as I've mentioned before, Pat Francis is just a... Uh, hmm, how do I put this? He has no fear. And he's kind of a monster. And he's one of those dudes who just... He's just... Wherever he is, he's supposed to be there, goddammit. I mean, we're invited via email because he has a relationship with Wendy Dio because he had Wendy on his podcast, and then they hit it off. And now he's been to, like, the rock and bowl thing for Dio. He's been to a few different things. but uh, But now... <laughs> he gets invited to this thing, right? And he's and he's fucking heisting programs. We're looking like up in the balcony. He takes like fucking six programs. And I'm like, are you going to hide those in your shirt? He's like, no, man. I'm just going to gank him. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why? We're going to get murdered, man. Uh, but I guess I kind of overestimated the amount of security they would have at the Dio show. Because honestly, I'm there and I'm a big dude and I'm wearing kind of all black. I had a black hoodie on. People thought I was security. It happens every show I go to because of my haircut and the fucking all black outfit that I'm usually fucking wearing. People will come up to me and ask me where the restrooms are say that, you know, I'm sorry, uh, well, where they'll show me their ticket and want to sit down or, or ask if they can leave that's the big thing is they'll say do I have in out can, I go, can we go in out can we come back in the building and I'm like I don't even know if they can I'm just like sure <laughs> go ahead and leave and then I'm never going to be around again when they fucking duck back in and have to fight with four other jugheads we who are going to tell them they can't come back into the building because they weren't supposed to fucking leave they're going to try to clear it with me but I'm going to be off in the fucking distance disappearing because what the fuck we're going to go ahead and call me out not going to happen baby I'm gone like a ghost so we're upstairs in the balcony and uh, and he's stealing programs. But so I crack one open. I start reading it. And uh, like I said, it's got all those dumb award names. You know, the, the fucking uh, uh, heavy metal horns award. And fuck that. Who cares? The Viking Axe to the Blade Award. Shut up. Um, but they were there. The Last in Line Award. Ah! And uh, and those and again being presented to guys in suits and whatever the fuck. And, and I was disappointed we weren't going to be there to see that because I wanted to see the rock stars come out and say that. But so I'm, I'm paging through and they're talking about, like I said, Tommy Lee is going to be there. He's perform He's there and not performing. He's presenting an award. Sebastian Bach is going to be there. He's presenting an award. Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. um All these other metal names. But then we're scrolling, we're flipping through the fucking program and it's talking about the the entertainment for the evening and the Dio fucking hologram band is going to tear it up and it's Craig Goldie from Jafria and Simon Wright, the drummer and, uh, and a few other, like, you know, famous metal side men like that kind of deal. That's the Dio band. So we watched them fucking rev it up. But again, it was that thing where I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. You're going to have a hologram Dio walk around while the band plays. And then by the time it was over, I was like, take my money. I will pay to see this in any city in America. I don't fucking care because there's something about metal music, man. There's something about live metal music when it hits you in the fucking chest, real metal music, not like hair metal, not poison and shit like that. Fucking Dio Dio isn't black Sabbath. And he doesn't fuck around. You can't lump him in with those other assholes. Like Bon Jovi, you know, they're a rock band and Poison and Rat and Mo- you know, Motley Crue got got there a little bit, but they're not even Motley Crue. They can't be fucking like Dio's more like Judas Priest where you feel it in your fucking stomach. You know what I mean? Right in your chest. You're like, "Fuck yeah." Motley Crue and Poison, whatever the fuck they're doing, it's just it's just kind of not the same. But Dio, dude, they they this sound check of them playing We Rock. It ju- it just we're sitting there, and I'm looking at Pat. He's not even looking back at me. He's filming it, so I just, I filmed it too. I have it on my phone, and and after I just went, I'm like, dude, that was fucking amazing. He's like, yep. I'm like, I would actually pay to see that. I'm sure they'd never come here because it's L.A. You know what I mean? Nobody's gonna fucking pay to go see a fucking hologram of Ronnie James Dio in L.A. But this that's the kind of show that's like for fucking, uh, you know, Topeka. Because nobody goes to fucking Topeka. Topeka's happy. You know who goes to Topeka? Kiss and holograms of old famous people. Like literally, Ronnie James Dio's holograms. Like they would, in Topeka, they'd pay to see Holly, uh, fucking Ronnie James Dio's bones. Like they were just like, here, here's his skeleton. And they prompted up on saying, that'd even be more metal than a hologram. How the fuck do you not dig up his skeleton and bring that on tour? Just a fucking Ronnie James Dio skeleton with the fucking, like his bony fingers and the goddamn horns. And people are just going, yes, we rock. Ding, 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 ding. Uh it doesn't sound nearly that bad. Ding ding ding, ding, ding 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 I don't know why 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 they're playing the James Bond theme on a on a toy guitar, but that well, you know what? Look, it's Dio list. he's not here to make it. So the, the band goes ahead and says, you know what, we'll play a bunch of Dio songs, but Craig Goldie from Jaffree is like, But you know what? I do have there is one thing to get me in the band, one thing I need. I need to be able to play the James Bond theme on a toy guitar. Uh not a ukulele. I mean like a children's guitar that has a photo of a Muppet on it, preferably Cookie Monster or Oscar. No Elmo. goddammit. it. It's right there in the rider. Van Halen had no brown M&Ms. He has no Elmo. No Elmo. And and you know what Elmo says about that? He says, me don't understand. I can't do Elmo's voice like Max can. But so they... Ding, 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 boo. And then they go back and play a Dio song. They got to play the Man on the Silver Mountain and everybody's happy. Uh, what was I? Go? Oh, so the program. So we fucking open it up. So the, the, so the Dio hologram is the headliner, of course, because it's Rodney James Dio. And also, I will tell you this they were honoring this made me laugh because I'm, I'm a dick. We're in the lobby and all these people are showing up. There's Sebastian Bach and there's like, you know, Craig Goldie. All these people are fucking, they're mingling metal people. And metal in LA, it just won't die, man. So it's there, there's that. This is where it was based. So you see, guys, and Pat knows all who all of them are. He's like, "Oh, that's the keyboard player from Armored Saint." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I didn't know they had keyboards. I I didn't know that any of them were still alive." Uh, but Pat knows all those dudes, right? That's his deal. Again, rock solid podcast. He's got to know all this stuff. He's got to be. He's got to be solid on his rock with rock solid. So he's looking around, and uh, and then we see these two dudes, and he goes, "Hey, you see those guys?" And there are two dudes who are standing off to the side, and they're wearing. How do I explain? They're wearing fancy suits. They weren't shark skin, but they were shiny. They were the kind of suits that looked like if, if, if a meatball fell on it, it would slide to the floor and not leave a stain. You know what I mean? These guys, they, they looked like they might have been martinized, these two fellas. Uh, they had literally they had walked out of a dry cleaners that afternoon in these outfits, and they were, and they were Teflon, man. Nothing was going to stick to these two motherfuckers. And they were tailored suits, and they looked good uh, suit-wise, but then the rest of them, their hair, they just... They weren't metal dudes. Okay, they didn't have metal hair, but they were just those. You know, those old people who are trying to save it. I'm old, and I'm letting. It, you know, I, everything's gone to hell. I realize everything's gone to hell. I'm lucky enough that I sort of look like a blue collar lug, so I don't have to worry about what I look like. Really, I mean, I cut my hair the way I want to cut my hair and shit like that. I don't have to do the comb over yet. Yet, by the way, I specify yet. Uh, but my hair's not falling out in an alarming clip, so I don't have to make it into a fucking hot fudge Sunday. You ever see those fucking assholes? They're just like, hold on. I'm going to comb my hair into the shape of the shit emoji and hope nobody notices I have a triangle on my head. Those fucking idiots. They always look like they're wearing a fucking... Uh, it's it's their hair. It's legitimately their hair, but it looks like they're wearing the hat a sultan gave them. You know what I mean? Just a weird fucking genie poof thing, and it's kind of flat, kind of covers over their ears. It looks like she should have fucking ear flaps. They look like she should be fucking Cousin Eddie shoveling a driveway at fucking Christmas vacation. But it's their real fucking hair. It's just it looks like an ear flap hat, but it's just they do. Whatever they can, whatever marvelous trick they think they're fooling everybody with, they spin it, they, they style it, they just they dunk their head in a cotton candy machine and do what the fuck they can to spin it up to the goddamn roof so nobody goes, hey, weirdos. And, and I think, you know what, that's probably why they wear these fucking shiny suits. That's why they're wearing those goddamn sharkskin, Teflon, shiny meatball-proof suits, Martinized like motherfuckers, because they don't want anybody to go, hey, uh, I, I hate to let you know this, but you've got cumulus nimbus on top of your head. I, uh, there's a you, you, your suit looks terrific, but unfortunately, your, your scalp has a storm front going through. I think you might want to go ahead and take a look at that. <laughs> but if I had a green screen and a clicker, I'd be talking about what the weather was like in Bakersfield and pointing at your fucking forehead. because your, your skull looks like it's bringing some sort of fucking front right through this goddamn lobby. But good for them. So they're wearing their suits. They got the fucked up hair. And Pat sees them. And he, uh, and I will tell you this he had nothing on me here because I'd already read the program upstairs, man. And he looks and he goes, Hey, those guys over there, that's the doctors who who, uh, who treated Ronnie James Dio when he had his cancer. I said, I know this. They're actually in the program. I think they're on the dais to be uh, awarded something today. And he goes, Oh, okay. And I go, Let me ask you this. What are they getting awarded? And he goes, I don't know. I should look in the program. And I go, No, seriously. I don't even care what it is. He's dead. You didn't do your fucking job, you dicks. And Pat laughed and I go, what if I walked over to him Then I just, I went, Hey, you could have saved Ronnie when you had the chance. And I punched him right in the fucking face. <laughs> I said, that's metal, right? I could get away with that. And, uh, and Pat laughed uncomfortably because I think sometimes he thinks that I might do something silly like that. Even though he's the one who's bringing the heat down on us by stealing everything in the goddamn joint, he's like a weird ass klepto. He's has got candle holders and fucking everything else in his pockets. Fucking, they had a silent auction. I half expected to see like a fucking. There was a Rolex with a skull on it. I half expected to see Pat wearing it later at the night at Eddie Money because they were all the shit was on a table and he's just walking by, helping himself to fucking everything. He's got six programs. Why the fuck not? Nobody stopped us. Nobody said a goddamn word to us. Everybody just kind of walking around. And oh, dude, I wanted to fuck up those doctors just to be a dick. Just to, just because it would be funny, Even if I don't hit him. If I just walked up to him and I was like, hey, fellas, uh, I have no idea why you're here. Because quite frankly, if you had done your fucking jobs, Ronnie's here tonight. We don't even have this goddamn evening. Maybe we have a Ronnie concert. I don't have to go watch a, a, a fucking film strip glitch and flip on stage while Craig Goldie tries to b- keep his leather pants from bursting at the fucking seams. This is your fucking fault, man. You should have seen his carsa and nomad it. You should have, you should have nomad the shit out of his carsa right away. What the fuck? I didn't even know what he had. Did he have lung cancer? I don't know what Ronnie James Dio had. Again, I met him. Super nice guy. Met him a million years ago. And he, I still have his autograph and it's a brilliant autograph. And then it just so happened this summer. I went to the fucking forest lawn cemetery. Uh, because I had a lovely guest in town and she likes cemeteries and she's like, yeah, let's go to this. And I was like, all right, because it was early in, uh, in us. uh, This is our first meeting actually. And then she was like, uh, she had mentioned that she was coming to LA to do a bunch of different things. And one of them was to go to forest lawn cemetery. And I said, uh, cool. (laughs) Because I like to lie. (laughs) I didn't think it was cool at all, but I thought it was interesting is that I've lived here for however long and I've never been to a place like that. And I didn't know what it entailed. I thought, I, initially, I thought it'd be a group thing, whatever the fuck. But it turned out we just drove in, and parked, and then you get out, and you literally just walk around, man, and you look at graves, and you look at plaques, and you look at placards, and you look at statues and shit, and you're looking for famous people's names. And uh, and for her, we found Andy Gibb, and she was very moved by that, which was lovely. And then I, for me, we found Ronnie James Dio, <laughs> and that was a complete accident. I didn't plan on finding Ronnie James Dio. I just came around the corner, and there was a gigantic devil horn hand sculptures and and a thing that said the man on silver mountain i've told you about this i mentioned this uh, months ago when it happened but uh but uh, so ronnie james Dio is a constant in my life these days constant twice really in eight months that seems weird eight months six months let's see it's february now uh let's see september october november december january february so was it september i think it was or was she here in august i don't fucking remember she was here and we went to a funeral Not to a funeral. We went to a a fucking uh, place, (laughs) funeral home, Uh, morgue, mausoleum. Uh, No, uh, I can't. I can't think of graveyard. There you go. Fucking cemetery is the word I could think of. How can you not think of the word cemetery? Jesus fuck. So we're upstairs, or I'm upstairs, I should say. And uh, and Pat goes. He has to go feed the meter. And uh, and this is before I, I I asked if I should punch the doctors in the face. This is still earlier in the evening. Pat goes to feed the meter and we're watching the, I'm watching the sound check and I uh I crack open the program and like I said there's all the weird awards and they start talking about the entertainment that's going to be there that evening and it turns out that the uh you know of course the like I said the Dio hologram is your headliner as it should be on a night where we're celebrating the man himself. Uh, but opening for him will be uh Uh, Sarah and the Tribe. I don't remember exactly who it was. Uh, It was some local band. It was one of those things, again, where, and I, I, look, and by the way, I'm on Rock Solid talking about this stuff, so you might hear me repeat myself. But uh, it was, she was, she was great. What was her name? Was it Sarah and the Tribe? I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look this shit up. Here's what I'm going to do, folks. I'm going to look up who this person is. Uh, I don't even know why I'm doing this on the air. How ridiculous is this? You know what? I'm my own Garen Cockrell right now. Um, let's see, and the tribe is all I can think of. Uh and let's see, I know there's hi, listening to me Google because I don't want to stop down and edit. Jesus. Uh Sadie in the tribe is who it is. It's Sadie in the Tribe. I should have realized it was an old old lady name, an old timey West lady name. Uh, but Sadie and the tribe is the opening act. And like I said, they're probably represented by one of the assholes who won the fucking medal up your ass awards. You know what I mean? And so they were going to be winding up on the thing and they weren't really a fucking vicious rock band, but they were rocking and she was, she hit the back wall with her voice. It was fun. We watched her in the sound check. And as you, as I just mentioned, they did a cover of, uh, I know there's something going on, which is a song by Frida from ABBA or ABBA and uh, Phil Collins on drums. And the second, it was great because it has this very, very specific drum riff. It goes. Boom 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 boom, 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 So when they play, it was literally the first thing they, they did their sound check and the guy goes, I need another song. And then that, that drum riff started. And I, I looked at Pat and I go, I know there's something going on. And sure enough, it was, they played it because I, I was like, either they ganked it or they're playing that fucking song. And then sh- they played that fucking song and it rocked. And uh, also Dio has rocked for a long, long time. <laughs> now it's time for him to pass the torch. Uh because he's dead. All right. So Sadie and the Tribe, he's not passing the torture, Sadie and the Tribe, although their version of I Know There's Something Going On was pretty good. They did it a beat faster, uh, but I still liked it. So Sadie and the Tribe's your opening band. And like I said, Ronnie James Dio, they're they're uh closing the deal. They're closing the show. Ronnie, Ronnie, filmstrip, Ronnie, filmstrip, Ronnie, and the rest of the guys. That's what they should call the band. <laughs> because holograms that's a clunky word. Filmstrip Ronnie and the rest of the guys. How do you not how do you not call it that? I I'm on board with that, right? Shouldn't we name the band Filmstrip Ronnie and the rest of the guys? Hey man, uh, who you seeing this weekend? Oh, uh, Dio tribute band. What do they call it? Filmstrip Ronnie and the rest of the guys. <laughs> Sounds good, man. I like it. Uh, um so Uh, they're headlining, but then I read in the program and, oh, here's, and this is why I've brought you to this, this spot. It took me forever to get here, but we're here now. Finally, it said, uh, there was going to be a special musical appearance, a special guest musical appearance by, uh, and, and look, I love this guy and he's been nothing but sweet to me every time I've met him. Uh, but when I saw him in the program, I have to admit, I was kind of like, yay. Uh, it was our great friend, uh, a lovely man who honestly I met as far back as 1991 at the Laugh stop in Newport beach. He had come down from Sacramento and, uh, to do some time in the Laugh stop. And he was great. We were just like, Oh, who's this new guy? Who's good. That's fun. Uh, and afterwards we hung out and he was super cool. And I've seen him over the years. He's been really great and very complimentary to me and a a lovely man and incredibly successful and talented. But I have to admit, when I saw him in the program that he was doing a special musical appearance, I was kind of like, what? And that's right. The industry crowd that was there to see uh, the Dio hologram and receive all of these awards, the, uh, uh, you know, the the flaming horns of hell award or whatever the fuck. Uh, They were also going to get a special musical treat from our great friend. uh, Brian Posehn was going to be there doing some songs. And uh, and the reason this came, came to mind is because he was going to be joined by uh guitarist extraordinaire, metal legend and Brian's brother in law, I believe, uh, Scott Ian from Anthrax was going to accompany him. And I don't know if he had a full band or if it was just him and Scott and this they were going to be tearing it up, whatever the fuck. But uh, but I do I do know that it was just such I when I saw it, it was so incongruous to have it in the in the program, like, I just, I don't know. I, cause again, Sadie and the tribe, whatever the fuck, there's some guy trying to get them signed or he's trying to get them hooked up with some other band. Who the fuck knows? Or maybe Wendy Dio knows them and likes them. And I'm sure Brian might have a relationship with Wendy Dio because he knew a lot of the metal dudes and Scott certainly probably does. But it just seemed like, here, here was my thought. Again, I, and I got, look, I haven't heard Brian's stuff. I'm sure it's terrific and he loves metal and, he, and he's a true, that's the thing. He's not just fucking uh, gravy training. I mean, this is a guy who loves metal and wants to do it and I've never heard him, so I'm not judging him. I'm just saying it seemed like an odd pairing for the Dio cancer tribute or whatever the fuck. But the fact that he was going to go up there, I just. And again, this is me projecting my chicken hearted nonsense on it when when he's going to go up in front of an industry crowd in a room that's got, you know, like fucking programs and butter dishes and a Dio banner and people rooting for Sadie in the tribe and a bunch of fucking neckties and suits. And it just seemed like such a corporate fucking fail fuck you know what i mean where i'm like oh man he can't do this that, that i i would be nervous because for me it seemed like the worst kind of corporate gig now look the good news about that is he can hide behind a wall of fucking Scotty and guitars so that's fucking great but it but it just struck me as like like the weirdest spot for a vanity project. Like if he did it at Largo, you know what I mean? And you can, you can pack the room with your fans who are waiting to see it. That's totally cool. But I felt for Brian trying to debut some music in front of an industry crowd, which, and then we get in the lobby. I guess I shouldn't fucking think this because i mean, in the lobby. It was, there was enough metal weirdos in there where they'd fucking probably be on board with Brian. I was thinking more of the suits and the fucking cancer doctors who I was going to blacken their eyes for losing Ronnie uh but everybody else who was there were there were some people who were there's some scene guys you know what i mean there's people lurking and waiting and there's a lot of guys in vests there was a dude we got in line to get in and uh (laughs) there was a dude we saw him paying the meter across the street and i looked at pat and i go hey you think this guy's on his way over here and pat looks up and the dude uh he's got gray hair down to his shoulders he's got him he looks like he looks like heavy metal Paul Williams, you know, fucking Paul Williams was from Phantom of the Paradise and fucking Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, he re- he wrote he wrote Rainbow Connection. I mean, Paul Williams is a fucking genius. OK, I'm not, I'm not shitting up Paul Williams, but this dude looked like metal Paul Williams. He had gray hair and, and the same glasses, little granny glasses. And then he comes across the street in his T-shirt. He's wearing a black T-shirt and it just says, my blood type is metal. I is <laughs> like, oh, I guess we know where he's going. That dude's right there. And then he gets in line behind us and earn, I'm sorry, in front of us. He's, in, we get in line behind him and he, uh, uh, I, I got news for you. If your blood type is metal, um, you might want to eat some fruit or something because you, sir stink. He just, he just, you know what he smelled like? He smelled like, uh, he smelled like a dead dog filled with wet pennies. Does that make any sense? He was he just that kind of funk, like that overwhelming, like animal musk, but also with this kind of sharp, undertone of wet metal or blood you know what i mean i mean and look he could have been doing sacrifices i don't know he's a fucking metal dude whatever the fuck he's got going on um whatever he had over there in his in his fucking uh, uh sonata whatever the fuck he parked but yeah he just he just smelled oh dude he just felt like he smelled like a fucking like a bloated in the sun dead dog corpse filled with wet change Ugh, what a mess And then we're behind him, of course, and we're just, and Pat just looks at me and he's like, I think, I think Pat actually actually looked at me and said, P U, which made me laugh because you don't get a lot of that these days. That's, that's from right out of the fucking 70s. Uh, but it was fun and we had a good time. Why the fuck? You know, I literally, I just told you that just because of the Scott Ian thing. Like, because I talked about anthrax and spreading the disease. Because we were talking about, oh, that's, Hold on. I better put my mask on if I'm going to talk about this. Uh, this is why we got to talking about Scott Ian because I had to throw on a fucking mask uh, ridiculousness. And so Lily is trying to buy, like, she, you know, she usually stocks up on masks and now she can't. So now we're all going to fucking just, because I don't know what the fuck's going on now. Because again, this fucking coronavirus has happened and now, uh, do you trust. Do you trust our government to do anything at this point? And I'm not even shitting on Trump at this point. It's just, it's, it's, it's anybody. I, I don't, I don't trust anybody to do anything anymore. I I just think everybody's They're just, everybody's the pesh Mode, grabbing hands, grab all they can. Everything counts in large amounts. And they don't give a fuck who dies or whatever the fuck survives. And I hate to be that guy. I'm not like, I'm not a prepper. I'm not a fucking doomsday idiot. I'm not any of those fucking guys. And I'm also not one of these assholes who thinks that we're all going to die. That's another thing that you keep seeing all over the fucking place. Uh, Like guys on my fucking Facebook who I, you know, guys who grew up where I grew up and they're still there, like they're still firmly planted. You know, they got three kids and they live in Plainfield and they're like, oh, these Mexicans are taking our jobs. Yeah, a lot of Mexicans come into Plainfield, you fuck. Well, maybe you move. Go find the opportunity somewhere else, you dick. Whatever. Anyway, these guys are all bitching on. Like my buddy... He wrote, and I, don't, I might even talk to you guys about this. I got, I hope not. See this thing. I don't remember what the fuck I talk about. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have to straighten some stuff out from last week. Cause I got a bunch of emails about last week and I'll, I'll finish that in a second. But these motherfuckers are like, like my buddy posted. And again, he was, he, he took offense cause I kind of schooled him a little bit, but he just, he wrote, Hey, will you guys eat in Chinatown ever again? Or while this is going on or, and, and of course I, I just wrote, I go, man, you're insane. And he's like, what? And I go, dude, you're not. I go, these people reading this, the people you who live around, have, have they have much more chance of dying from drinking too many Coronas than from the coronavirus? All right. You're not. Nobody's going to get Mugu Gaipan that's got a fucking pile of germs on it. And he wrote me privately. And he's like, hey, man, I'm, I didn't really think that. I'm just I'm just asking questions to try to get people to talk and respond. And I'm like, and I wrote him. and I said, look, I'm not judging you. But what you got to understand is it's just it's just. Exhausting to see the people that I know, that I grew up with, or people that I, you know, that I even was tangentially connected to, just get another opportunity to make Ching Chong Bing Bong jokes and talk about these crazy Asians are eating bats. You know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck? I don't. Grow up. Go see the fucking world. Go out and do something with your fucking life. Don't don't sit back behind a keyboard and be like, uh, because I he this I whatever the fuck. I, and again, it's not even about politics. It's just about ignorance at this fucking point. And and so he's just like, oh, this coronavirus, and and all these people are just like, yeah, you know, they've this, and literally then people tangentially because everything is judged through the prism of every other dumb fucking political thing. They're like, this is why we got to build a wall. I'm like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> What what anti germ wall are you gonna construct? What what exactly are you gonna do? Are you gonna put up like a giant sticky fly wall that's gonna keep germs. Like, is this, do you think germs look like the fucking Mucinex germ or whatever the fuck in the goddamn cartoons where it's just a big ball of fucking phlegm? I mean, get the fuck out of here, man. These things aren't real. I mean, it's in the air. You're not gonna. There's nothing. If you're gonna get it, you're gonna fucking get it. Part of me hopes they get it. Part of me hopes that like just like a. Uh, A whole gang of fucking dudes with the coronavirus just drive through the fucking thing, coughing and sneezing and just fucking lay waste to everybody in Evergreen Park or whatever the fuck. And then they'll have to be like, oh, no, see, we told you. Uh, It's just the ignorance that runs fucking rampant, you know, and then the ignorance of of. The people in charge of it just going, Yeah, it's gonna go away. <laughs> that's my favorite thing. Yeah, it's gonna go away. Yeah, because that usually happens a lot. You know, I'm sure that's what they thought during the Black Death. They were just like, oh, eventually the Black Death will run its course. I mean, look, millions of people will die, but eventually, you know, we'll we'll grow stronger and we'll have some sort of antibody in our body that keeps us from dying at the Black Death. It's just, you know what? You gotta you gotta survive that first tricky 18 months. <laughs> you gotta make sure that they don't come by with the bring out your dead cart and have them throw your Tasty white fucking dead ass on top of the other dead people in your neighborhood and get carted off and dumped into a ditch and have your bodies burned to save the rest of the serfs from this fucking germ that's flying around and killing all the poor people in the fucking business. And that's another thing I love to see, too, is like, like... (laughs) rich people are freaking out at the stock market now and selling all their shit. And, they're just, and I, I saw somebody, they're like, oh, they're going to start buying gold. People are going to start buying gold because the price is going to go through the roof. That's, that's going to be the only real currency now once the pandemic hits. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, you fuckheads. You know what? Put away your flamethrowing guitar, Mad Max. All right? Nobody wants you to fucking make the leap that all of a sudden because nine people coughed, you think that we're all going to be, that the end times have arrived. And I'm also not saying we got to fucking distance ourselves from it and think it's nothing. Look, we—I'd feel a lot better if smart people were in charge. Certainly, that would be cool. Uh, but I just—I just laugh at everybody who immediately becomes an expert. It's as bad as sports. Like what I, you know, I talk about where people just they, they claim to know what running backs can do, or they ah, uh, you know, this isn't the receiver we need. This tight end can't run his routes. Shut the fuck up, you dude. You work in an Arby's, you fuck. Go make me curly fries and shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear your, your, what you think the U-tight end is supposed to do in Matt Nagy's offense for the Bears next year and why they shouldn't chase Austin Hooper because it isn't worth it. And true, I mean, just all these people, because again, but again, that's people's outlet. That's what they get to do. That's their fucking, they get to claim that's their expertise. They can all watch the combine and they can say, oh, you know, this is the guy the Bears should get. Is this? I think they should steal this guard in the fourth round. And it's like, oh, do you? Well, unfortunately, the horsey sauce is empty. You want to go fill that up? Ben? Ben, the guy who needs to fill up the horsey sauce and stop talking to me about what defensive backs need to do, and what the responsibilities are there are in the fucking three, four, you fucking hump. Nobody wants to hear buster screen. You don't think you can be a nickel back and convert to safety uh, because you know what? Instead, how about if we do this? How about if you go ahead and make me a baconator or whatever the fuck you guys make? Or that's Wendy's. Maybe the Wendy's guys ran out it too. Maybe the Arby's guys ran out of anybody. Make me a quarter pounder. Make me a baconator. Make me a fucking big beef, a roast beef. Charlie. Make me a goddamn pile of pink meat on a fucking squishy bun and shut the fuck up about what you think the Bears should do with their fucking defense. I look, and look, if you got an opinion, I don't care. OK, but if you come at me with this, this coronavirus, uh, here's the here's the real problem, because people won't wash their hands and droplets get into the air. And I do what you read an article. Did you read an article? Is that what happened? Because this what I read an article too. just wash your hands and and hope nothing bad happens to you or your family. And also, by the way, recognize the fact that nothing's probably going to happen to you and your family. Although this is coming from a guy who, who laughed at swine flu and then got it. Remember that? By year two, I got swine fucking flu. And even the doctor was like, I don't know how this happened. I'm like, yeah, me neither. And also I kicked it in like three days because that was when I was a younger man, a stronger man, a more virile man. Now look at me, I'm a mere shell of myself. They killed Mr. Peanut. and I thought to myself, oh man, that guy's older than me. But also at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly shell just like him. I'm ready to go at any fucking moment. But you know what? If I'm going to die eating fried rice, I'll die eating fried rice. I love those people. They, I I couldn't possibly have any orange chicken because I might die from the coronavirus. Good. More orange chicken for me more chicken for the rest of us. Go go eat a, go eat celery roots in your fucking bomb shelter you fucking hump. Try to tell me that the world is going to end from this one fucking report. And and again, this is what we're predisposed to do. Everybody's waiting for children of men to arrive. And I've talked about it too. The end is here. I mean I think it's over. It's funny Jesuit. what he fucking he sent me a scolding text last week because last week I was like uh yeah, Jesuit's talking directly in the podcast because he said it's very silly that anybody would be doing these things and, and he would explain later. And, and then he wrote me, he's like, uh, contrary to popular belief, I'm not talking directly to you in the podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> I haven't written him back yet, but I want to go. Did you really think I thought you were speaking directly to me? Of course I didn't. But it made me laugh when I fucking listened to it. And you talked about how people are thinking they're panicking because of whatever the fuck. But I agree. Everybody's panicking. And being, well, whatever the fuck. But also in his fucking show, he's talking about 1974, a fucking airliner fell out of the goddamn sky and the Watergate was happening. And I'm like, I mean, we just had an impeachment thing and fucking cruise ships are filled with sick people and stuff. I mean, it still seems kind of tangentially connected in a bad way, but I don't fucking know. What do I know? I don't know anything. I can't even get the fucking show out on time these days, but not my fault this week. No, it's Mex's fault. Yeah, that's right. This is Mex's fault because he, uh, he went to Tennessee this weekend because my godsend is going to get into possibly Vanderbilt if he wants to. Uh, who knows? He might, he might not. He's just but he's checking out all the good schools, seeing what he wants to do with himself. But uh but Max was going to Tennessee and he had the uh the script for this week's show. He had it all ready to I send it to him like we do every week. I prepare the script for the show, I send it to him, he reviews it, you read pens it or he's got a red pen and he sends me back some notes and we go ahead and I collaborate on it, and then I sit down and I bring you the show. Well he leaves for Tennessee forgetting to send me the script and he has no access to his computer. So he can't fucking send it. So now now I'm here. I got to wing it. I'm just fucking winging it now, folks. So, uh, well, someday we'll get to the script. Although the scripts are usually time sensitive. I try to write them up to the moment, but, uh, well, blame me. Blame David. There's a reason. That, yeah, I was this would have been out on time. I was ready. I was sitting here. I had I had showered. I was wearing a tie. I rented a tux, as I usually do every week when I do this fucking show. I was wearing my tuxedo. It's rented, but there's a place close, and they give me a deal because they know I'm going to come in every Tuesday and rent it, and then I wear it every Wednesday, and I bring it back on Thursday. Now, you might think to yourself, Mike, why don't you just rent it on Wednesday if you're recording on Wednesday? Well, here's why. I like to wear it around the house on Tuesday, just kind of get the feel for it, get the lay of the land. It's like, it's like if I was a football player. <laughs> I would wear my outfit, like in the NFL, I would dress up in my football suit on on Saturday and I'd walk around and everybody would be like, what the fuck, man? I'd be like, nah, man, game time. Got to be game time in my head a day early. And they're like, we don't play until tomorrow. It's like, fuck that. I got to get a feel for it. Uh, I got to get feel for what the uniform feels like. I got to get in the headspace. So that's what it works like here. I got to get the tuxedo on a Tuesday. I wear it around the house. Uh, then the next day, you know, I do what I get to do, go to the gym on a Wednesday, get home and I put the tux on and it's a, it's a, it's got a lived in feeling. And then I get the script out. I lay it out as I, as I often do. I've got a lectern here where we usually put sheet music on, but I've got that. I'm sure you can hear me shuffling the pages here to and fro. Uh, and then I fill, well not this week because I don't have the script, but usually then I go through the script and I read to you guys exactly what I've, uh, what, what's been run by David, uh, and what's been approved and what's not been approved. And we, we go ahead and sort it out, but Uh, this week he doesn't get me the script back so I'm not gonna lie to you I didn't even get a tux this week so if if this show sounds less fancy and if it's if it sounds less prepared there's a reason it's because well David took off he didn't approve the script and then I didn't get the fucking tux and and then what happens we wind up talking about me punching a doctor in the face and then the coronavirus and whatever the fuck who knows man I don't fucking know we're all going to be dead soon anyway, right? Isn't that what happens? That's what I just heard. I hear that going around? Because that's another thing. Is, and I love also, too, this This makes me laugh, that people, uh, I, I, all right, look, why are you blaming, they're blaming, like, Trump or the government or whatever. Now look, yeah, he he fired everybody, or he fired all the smart people, and he just got a bunch of dummies, and then he put fucking Pence in charge of this fucking thing, which is great, because Pence is literally a snake handler like that that's all he is is he's this fucking like i just again he's one of those dudes like he puts pence in charge and there's a story they're like hey did you know a bunch of aids people died because pence thought they should pray it away and i'm just like what the fuck is happening man everything is falling apart uh but all right so i mean i i that's who you want in charge of the super flu that that sourpuss who can't be alone in a room with anybody who's not his wife oh that's good I just, I just, I don't know. Is he supposed to mean mug the germs out of here? He's going to pray them away. He's going to talk to Jesus, whoever the fuck. Jesus doesn't give a fuck about our germs at this point. At this point, he's tired of hearing from us on either side. He doesn't, he doesn't want to hear about anybody at the rapture. He doesn't want to hear anybody praying to get fucking Trump out of office and all that bullshit. Jesus is just like, you know what? Can you guys just fucking calm down? It's almost baseball season. And, and Jesus knows that baseball Jesus, Bryce Harper is ready to take the Phillies to the world series championship. He's like, why can't you guys just calm down? Baseball season's about to start Crack at the bat renewal spring crocuses and lilies go out and smell the air Well, actually don't do that there's germs in the air you're all gonna die from the coronavirus don't take too deep a breath because you're gonna wind up getting your fucking lungs like i mean and again it's gonna happen you know because like, they said pandemic so i don't even know what the fuck that means i think literally don't breathe too deep that's it just take short breaths here's a, here's my here's how you avoid the pandemic because again you know what's gonna happen i'm gonna go outside i'm gonna take a like, deep breath and then i'm gonna cough up a fortune like that's how bad this fucking virus is from china it's gonna be just like ah <clears throat> oh, please help me. I am trapped in a cookie factory. Oh, well, thank you. At least you got a sense of humor. You're me to my fucking deathbed. Jesus Christ. Oh, intuition is why, why do I do the ah, oh, ah, oh, oh, intuition is much better than fact. Oh, well, thank you. I don't think that's true, Confucius, but good for you. I didn't know this was residing in my fucking lung, but good for you. Oh, man, I like that idea. I'm going to breathe in deep and cough up a fortune. I'm funny. I mean, I used to be funny, right? Didn't I used to be funny? I used to be good at this goddamn show. Never not funny. Just did their thousandth episode. And I and I did a call in for them. And I was just, you know, I was, it was very nice. I was invited to do that. Um, but holy fuck, a thousand shows. Think about, And then I, cause then in my brain, I'm like, wait a minute. I was there a year. I did like 58 shows and then I was off for a year. And then I started my show and I'm only at like 600 like, did they do 400 shows in a year that I didn't fucking know about? But I think they're counting all of the, uh, uh, like special shows and sketch fest shows and things like that possibly. Cause also I haven't even done 600 shows. I mean, there's, I, I've probably had fuck 20. I'd say I, I've got 20 shows that I, I fucking, you know, chili dipped that were fucking just reruns or whatever the fuck. 20, probably 20 over the course of 10 years to a year. Oh, it seems high. I think I probably had one a year. I think I might have had three this year. Who the fuck knows, man? Ah, let's drink some water. That's what we got to do. Clear our throat. <clears> throat> uh, so here's the thing: people wrote me last week. I was a little worried about last week's show because uh, I wasn't. Uh you know, I wasn't planning on talking about any of that bullshit that I talked about last week. But then, you know, th- this show, as you know, it kind of goes to and fro. We get the script back from David. We see how that goes. <laughs> I've just invalidated this bit by telling you this story. Um, but I, I, uh, you know, I had other things to talk about. And then we want to talk because I talked about how the fact that I had scrapped some audio. And then I was telling you about the fact that uh, I had actually scrapped an entire show once because uh, um, my ex had called me, told me she was pregnant and, in the middle of it and, and said it was an emergency and whatever the fuck. So, uh, I, I, you know, I was pissed off about the show last week because there was stuff I, uh, if I'm going to talk about that shit, I got to talk about that shit. I got to fucking roll my sleeves up and let it go. You know what I mean? I, I I can't just half-ass it and go, I can't tell you that or then this or whatever the fuck, you know? So, so eventually, uh, you know, I, I won't just have a book of matches. I'll have a fucking funeral pyre, which is fine. But, uh, but I did want to straighten some things out from last week and, and, um, Cause like I did, when I started to tell it, I started, I was literally, I'm like, oh, I can tell this fucking story. It'll make me, it's funny enough. And it makes me laugh. And, but then as I started telling it, I'm just like, eh, you know, I, I, it just seems shitty. It just seems like a, 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 not nice thing to do. It's funny. Like I, um, I told the story about how, when I had done the show at the improv, uh, it's all right, so I didn't finish this thread. I'll tell you this thread. Uh, I don't even know if I even started this thread. Oh, it was when I got the ride home from the improv. Yeah. I told this story. Um, but the woman who drove me home, she's a friend and she's still a listener to this show. And she's like, Hey, you forgot to mention the fact that I actually thought that your ex was my friend. Like she had actually talked to my ex and they had gotten along and everything was fine. And then, uh, and then when I mentioned that was who gave me a lift home, she, my ex had freaked out. (laughs) She's like, you forgot to mention that. I thought we were friends. And then I heard that and I was like, what? Uh, which, you know, that, uh, of course. So I forgot to mention that. Um, what else? I, there, are other, there were other things I forgot to mention. Re, listen, this is so weird, dudes. I'm literally like sweating. Like I, I started, I was fine. We were rolling. And then I'm like, oh, I got to do this and this. And then I'm like, ah, because, because it just doesn't seem, it's like, why, are, why bring it up? Why bring it the fuck up? Uh, but because you bring it the fuck up, that's what you do. Um, but I have to, I'll set the two things straight from last week. Um, everybody, some people were like, hey, man, you mentioned you went to a, a restaurant with your friends and you never talked about what happened. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a devastating thing. But I had taken her, uh, I took my ex to, to meet my friend Heidi and her friend Mel and we went to a sushi place and I thought I had talked about this on a previous show, but perhaps I did not. But, um, you know, I, I, Heidi's my great friend. She's from Indiana. When I did the fucking show in Indianapolis, I stayed at her house. She was the one who had a tanning bed in her, in her fucking room. Uh, she and I always go for sushi when she comes to town. She's super great. Um, she's great friends with Jimmy. You know, she, she. And uh, her husband's the best. He, he you know, Chris, he used to run a comedy club there. I think he runs another one now. Regardless, it was. And Mel is, is Heidi's great friend, and they come to all the podfests. Great friends. So I couldn't wait. I was like, because they had heard so much about my ex from the show, and they were like, oh, well, we're going to meet her. It's going to be great. I said, yeah, absolutely. We'll go to dinner. We'll go to sushi. It'll be totally fun. And know, uh, yeah, my ex was. I had told her we were going, and she's like, oh, okay, and she seemed okay but she was kind of moping around a little bit. Uh, it wasn't anything that, and, you know, I was like, all right, well, and, but I, when that would happen, I would have to go into this uh, mode of like, Hey honey, no, we're, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. Are you, how are you doing? Are you okay, honey? Hey, I love you. It's going to be fun. You know, I had this whole, uh, where I had to be, um, like a fucking doting love coach. And I didn't mind that. I liked doing that a lot of the time, but, but not when she went into this mode where she wouldn't fucking talk. Uh, and she was being real quiet at the house. And then we got to the restaurant and she met the two, she met Heidi and Mel and we went and sat down and she, uh, she didn't say a word the entire meal. Like, I mean, it was, it was crazy. If she did speak, it was one word answers or like they asked where she worked and she'd say where she worked and then she'd look down and she just sat there. And I would, I would try to bring her into the conversation and I, you know, I'm talking cause Heidi and Mel, I get along with them. I'd seen that every single pod fest, they have, we have some shorthand together and I, I couldn't like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I mean, I did kind of, cause she'd pulled the same shit. I took her to a Christmas party with all of my friends. Uh, and it was the, it was the big coming out where she was cause she had met everybody at my high school reunion, but then went to the big, we took her to Max's Christmas party, which was a big deal. So, uh. So I was excited for her to meet all of my friends and their wives and maybe she could, you know, cause that's all the wives have become friends and it was a big deal. And, um, and she wouldn't talk at, at that. Like she literally, she sat at my side and, and I, I would try to talk to her and I'd go, Hey, do you want some wine? You want something? Like, yeah. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't. We played some stupid. We played a dumb game called fucking, uh, Cards Against Humanity or whatever the fuck that came. I'm not a fan because again, I, if I'm gonna if I want to call you a cunt, I'm just gonna call you a cunt. I don't need a playing card to tell me to call you a cunt. Um, but but she shut completely down during that. It was just fucking weird. So when, so the, I this is not behavior I was I was uh, unfamiliar with. But in a room at a party, it's different. When it's four people at dinner, it's it's very glaring that someone's not talking and. And so then I would be like, all right, yeah, I would try to get her involved. We'd order this different food and she wasn't, she would never talk. so then finally, uh, I ordered something, some food and I was, I was like, you got to try this honey. You know, I was like, I was really excited. It was this dish and she, uh, she took it and, um, and it was like, and she took a big kind of a, it was a big thing that you had to open your mouth to fucking bite or whatever. So she fucking took it and she went to take a bite of it and, uh, and it like kind of fell apart. Sometimes rice will fall off a sushi, whatever the fuck. And I was like, I go, Oh man, I go, that was a big bite. I go, look at that. Uh, because, and look, was that me treating her in, like a child? I suppose. Yes, I don't know. But I was trying to do anything to lighten the mood at that point and be like, oh yeah, there you go. Honey, yeah, get in there. You got to have some, you know, oh my God, that's a big bite. And then uh, she completely went radio silent. We had another probably half hour of meal and she said nothing at all, literally nothing at all. And we finished eating and then we walked outside and we said our goodbyes. And then she and I were walking to our car. And she goes, "Are you happy that you did that? I mean, is that is that what you want to do? Is fucking make fun of me?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And she goes, "Well, you just you just made me look like a fucking pig. Like you said, I took a giant bite. Like I like I eat so much." And I'm like, "Whoa!" I go, "That's that's not what happened at all. I mean, I I, I said, I, honey, I was just, I was just trying to get you. You know, you weren't talking at all. I didn't know what to do. So then I just I was offhand. And we were goofing around. I mean, we're all friends. Oh, was that what you want to do? You want to embarrass me in front of your friends? Is that why you brought me out tonight? Is that what you want?" And and I, I just I, again, uh, this is before I had stopped being um, <laughs> before I had before I had started standing up for myself. Like so, I'm just like, oh my god, I'm I'm really sorry. I don't. I just don't know. What do you want me to do here? Because I, I mean, again, I knew then because this was uh, it was a Podfest weekend, so we were supposed to go do Podfest shit over the next couple of days, and then. I we we drove home in silence and and she went right to bed and turned over and gave me her back and wouldn't talk to me no goodnight no kiss and, and I'm just like what the fuck what the fuck so that's what happened at the restaurant and as far as the pregnancy thing um people asked uh obviously no she wasn't pregnant um what happened was I texted with her and I called her and, and I said, look, you got to take a pregnancy test and let me know what's going on. And she, like I said, she was mad that I was so mad or a fact about it. But then that night she texted me a picture of a pregnancy test and she said, I think it's positive. And I looked at it and I literally, I had no fucking idea. It didn't say plus or minus, but it was, but it was lit up vaguely. Like she showed me the box and I think it was like a, 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 a minus, like an ups up, you know, like a vertical minus meant pregnant and a horizontal minus meant not and very very vaguely you could see like a vertical line and i just and i i honestly when i saw it i was like jesus christ and so i was like all right well this i go that's fine i go but that's is that i mean that doesn't look dark cuz the one in the box is super dark this just looks like you can see it barely and she's like i don't know but i i what do you want me to do here i go well you got to see a doctor and she's like well, well how do you feel about this are you okay with it? i go i go i will do whatever i have to do once we get official word but i can't speculate we need you need to go to a doctor and then she got mad at me because i wasn't again like i said i wasn't embracing the fact like oh my god i love you and we're gonna have a baby or whatever the fuck and i because at that point i had been through so much fucking horse shit that i was just like i you get a doctor let's talk once once you get a doctor and he says what's up uh then we'll figure out what we're going to do and uh she wouldn't go to a doctor like she kept putting it off like it, it was two days and she wouldn't go and then finally in, 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 i just i just realized all right well this isn't this isn't real you know what i mean i i it kind of just dissipated you know what i mean i uh, so so basically what was going on was she, she was i think trying to manipulate me via whatever i don't, I don't know because the test was in the dark, like she held it up, it wasn't super light. I don't even fucking know. So anyway, the point is I didn't finish those uh, anecdotes last week and, and they're not great anecdotes. It just turned out, yeah, she wasn't uh, pregnant, but people asked about those people who emailed and said, Hey, was this real? No, she was not. Um, you know, and it was funny because like, it, you know, we had actually talked about that stuff in the beginning of our relationship and talked about it, you know, if it could possibly happen and what it happened. And I was uh, I, you know, we weren't taking any precautions. I mean, if it, if it would have happened, it would have happened. And I would have been like, cool, uh, until you know, I realized that it was, uh, that I was trying to fucking, um, navigate a fucking tornado half the fucking time. But, uh, but luckily, and I hate to say it like that, but I, um, you know, fuck it. Luckily for the kid, not for me or for her, but luckily for the kid, because the kid would have been in a horrible situation if, if he would have shown up. So, or she, he or she. Uh, we had names picked out. We had all of it. It was fine. But at that point I was not excited. And, um, but when she did not go to a doctor, I was like, all right, well then that's fine. I think, and again, truth be told, I can't remember she ever went to the doctor. I remember that she wouldn't go initially. She kept saying how hard it was to make an appointment. Uh, and part of me was like, look, you, you gotta, you need to make a fucking appointment. We've got to figure out what the fuck is going on here. Um, but she did not. So, so it turned out to be fine. So. Uh I don't know about fine. I mean I still stayed for three more years or another year however fucking long it was because I'd have to check the date. Uh because I kept going back. Yeah, I loved going back. God damn, was it great? Uh for a while. All right. Um so I've answered your questions there. Um So what was I gonna tell you guys? So, oh I'm on Rock Solid twice, I told you that. I was tell you, you know, it's funny because I um I, I I'm seeing a new person, you know, and and, uh, she was just here, you know, she was here in February for a week, a couple weeks ago, not last week, actually, and she left town on Wednesday, she lives uh, out of town, and, uh, you know, she's great, get along great, but it's that thing again where you don't know, you don't know, I just, the the long distance thing is just so fucking terrible, I I just, (sighs) you know, I went through it with my ex, and, and, you know, in addition to other things, but the, the long distance is never easy because you got to do, you try. And, and cause again, we're just and look, it's super early here. We're seeing one another and it's, nobody's in any fucking, you know, there's no, we're not engaged, but at the same time, you know, you're seeing somebody and you, you text with them every day and you send them a video, you talk to them on FaceTime and that's fun and it's awesome. And she's cool. Um, but you know, and she was here for a week and it was great. And then she left and it was like, You know that that that, and and like I said, it's a weird coin flip because it's you're you're when they leave, you're like, oh man, I wish this person wasn't leaving. You know, because it was pretty cool. Because I I I enjoy being to reach, being able to reach out and have somebody there. You know, whether it's their thigh I can grab or I can interlock my fingers in their hand and, uh or they're curled up with their head on your shoulder or whatever. That's that's pretty awesome. You know, that's that's great stuff. But also at the same time. Uh, when you're alone and you get to do whatever you want to do, that's kind of cool too. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. That's fun. And by fun, I mean, it allows me the opportunity to fuck off and not do anything that I'm supposed to do, which is why the show's coming out on a goddamn Friday. And I don't fucking make myself do the things I'm supposed to do, but yet, but yet, but yet, uh, it's nobody's fault, but mine clearly. Um, but we had a good time while she was in town. We actually went to uh, we did a few things. We we actually cooked, which was pretty neat. I I, I haven't uh, we made a a ton of food, you know, here at my house, which was great. Uh, and and because I'm trying, as you know, I'm trying to be a, a a normal, healthy person again. I won't I won't lie. I've I've had a bad fucking week. Um, I weighed in Monday and I was at 305. So I'm now down 61 pounds since January first. But I don't even want to know what it's gonna look like on Monday because I fucking I've crashed directly into a wall of fucking candy and noodles this week. I don't know why. I, I don't know what happened. I was good for six weeks, and now this seventh week I just kinda well fuck it. I actually know why. I can tell you exactly why. Um when she left last week, uh this is so dumb. When she was here, she was really cool. Like I was like, hey man, let's get some cake. <laughs> or let's get some Chinese food or let's do this. And she would be like, uh no, you shouldn't do that. And she was very encouraging and, and she wasn't a, like a nag, but she was, she was strength. She kept me on a path that I wanted to be on and she understood it. And, uh, and she has her own, you know, commitments that she's made and I helped her with those and she helped me and, and, uh, it was really cool to do it together. It was fun, you know? Uh, but at the same time, there's, I don't know if you know this, uh, go look, do me a favor, look down at your iPod vagina, take a look at the name of the show. Uh, there's three words that are in the beginning and then there's one word at the end that's very key to this entire experience. Uh, the 40-year-old, which is not even true anymore because we're way past that. But uh, what's the uh, what's the last word in the title? Boy. And uh, there there is a boy who lives inside me who doesn't like being told what to do and who makes foolish decisions based on wanting to rebel against being told what to do. And while I completely appreciated everything that she did while she was here and we went through it together and we held hands and plunged forward and jutted our jaws and made sure neither of us gave in to our weaknesses. The second I put her on the plane, I went, all right, now I can do whatever I want. The little boy inside of me took the steering wheel and drove us to the store and I bought candy and, and, uh, and I bought fucking chips. And, and I, it's just, and look, it, cause I drove too. That, that triggers a lot of stuff for me. But also, I, I know me and I know it was because I was, I was denying myself things. And, and I have a fucking disease, I guess. I, I don't know that doesn't respond well to authority or being told what to do or, uh, being told no. So, uh, I blew it up. You know, I've, I've probably had like seven candy bars this week and, and I had fucking Chinese food and fucking, <laughs> I had ravioli, all the shit, all the stuff. The only thing I didn't get was a loaf of rye bread and fucking pour butter all over. It. I just, I just did. I ca I fucking crashed and burned, which was amazing to do because when she was here, dudes, we made like I made a keto meatloaf, and some keto meatballs. She made a roasted cauliflower hummus. There was food in my fridge, which is, as you know, you know anything about me. Um, when Thanksgiving smelled like Thursday, I was mad because I didn't feel loved. When uh, when I'm denied things or when when I'm told no, I I don't feel loved. But when someone is here and when she was working with me and like I said, we, and she was really gung ho where she wanted to, she wanted, she came armed with recipes. We made a, like a lemon garlic herb chicken recipe that she found. We made chicken thighs on top of cauliflower rice with Brussels sprouts and she's chopping in the kitchen and I'm mixing meat and we're full. And I, and that, is there anything better? Is there anything better than sharing an experience like that with somebody who's, who's really cool and someone you like being with, it's just, you, it, you're being taken care of. You're being taken care of. And, and there is that void inside me that wants to be taken care of. And, and I made my wife, my mom, a lot of the, a lot of the ways, you know, cause honestly I'm, I'm learning in six years of therapy. I wasn't, uh, parented properly. I, I've been forced to parent myself my entire life. And, uh, I ain't good at it. I am not. I am I am a very... You know what? Let's put it this way. I'm a fucking cool-ass parent. I'm I'm the parent who would drink with your friends. I'm that asshole. I'm the one who would let your parents stay... I, I'm the parent who would let you stay up late and watch porn on the VCR. I'm that fucking idiot. You know? Uh, no discipline. I just... I, I, I give myself all the fucking leash in the world when I'm by myself. But when I was with her, I wanted to be... I wanted to be good. I wanted to live right. I wanted it to work. And I, I wanted to uh, make the effort. You know what I mean? Because someone else is watching. If nobody's watching, there's no reason to make the effort, which is bullshit because that says a lot about your fucking character. Um, you should make the effort all the time because you should care enough about yourself to do the right thing when the right thing needs to be done. But I don't. I, I've talked about this on here at infinitum, ad nauseam, I should say, uh, ad rock. I've talked about this at Astra. <laughs> I've talked about it over and over. I don't give a shit enough about myself to fucking take care of myself the way I'm supposed to be taken care of. And I mean, I was doing great. I was kicking ass. And look, by the way, I'm still lifting. I'm, I'm still like this week. I'm lifting. I'm running. Um, last week, I was up to five and a half miles. I did five and a half miles on the treadmill. And John was like, that's you got to cool it. He goes, do three miles when we lift and do four miles when, when you don't lift, he goes, but just go faster. So I actually, you know, I'd been taking like 65 minutes to go, um, four miles or, or, you know, 68 minutes or 70 minutes to go five miles. Well, I shaved it, man. And I did four miles in 45 minutes this week, a couple days, you know, I'm jogging instead of walking. I'm actually kind of at a, at a good clip. I'm, I'm moving, you know, 11 minute miles and stuff. And I'm, I'm excited about that. You know, I'm making that work, uh, clothes fit differently. My face looks better. I, 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 I feel it and I see it and that's great. And it's amazing progress to make, but also there's this fucking void in my brain. That's like, yeah, no, go, you've done good. Now go, go do the other thing, go do that, go do that other thing you like to do. It's a reward or whatever the fuck. And that's, that's the fucking thinking I have to avoid. You know, when she left here, I had a fridge full of food, (laughs) <laughs> I had a fucking a whole meatloaf in there. I had meatballs. I made this red sauce that's fucking really delicious. I mean I I mean it was great. We cooked together and I made great food. I made I made breakfast for us where we had we had, you know, eggs and and bacon and then I you know, there were some leftover eggs. I put those in the fridge. I mixed them up with some meatloaf. It was it was just fucking it was awesome. I loved it. And now that food is gone and my fridge is empty and (laughs) and I, I haven't gone to get more because money is a bit of an issue right now. So I haven't gone to pick up any, uh, any groceries and, and um, you know, I, I, I hate that I've made the same mistakes this week. I hate it. I hate that I gave myself permission to make those mistakes. You can't get mad at yourself. You can't beat yourself up. You can't be like, Oh, it's all over now. No, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can to grab the reins on it and get back to doing what I'm doing. Because again, the lifting is great and the cardio is great, but you got to have the food too. got to have the sleep too, but I've been driving and I drive late at night again. I've got to figure out a way to balance my lifestyle in a way where it's going to work on all ends. And also I've got to start working and going out to do shows, you know, uh, I'm going to be in Ireland at the end of April, April 29th through May 12th, and I'm doing two shows. I don't have the official dates yet right now. We're still, I think I've got the venue. Um, my friends, uh, you know, uh, I, I well, fucking Laura and, and Alex are there and they are, uh, they're taking care of the venue. Laura knows people. She's getting it squared away. We're going to do promotion. I got to talk to Mex about, it, uh, you know, possibly a poster. It's, it's just, it's coming. I had a long Skype talk with them last week and, and, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get over there and do what I do. And, you know, we've already, they've got comics that they know they're going to open for me. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to have that to look forward to. It's nice to think about that. It's nice to have a goal and have a plan. You know, does that mean I didn't sit in my house for the past couple of days and just fucking stare into space and do nothing? No, I don't, I don't know how to combat that just yet. Like I said, I blew it up food wise. I just, I don't know why I blew it up emotionally, but I did. Uh, so I'm doing, doing what I can to avoid that complete spiral, which is fine. I'm in the gym tomorrow morning at noon, uh, running, lifting. And again, I've been running and lifting all that's fine. It's just the food thing ran me down, fucking tackled me. Um, and I, I think, you know, it had something to do too with the fact that that I you know she was here for a week and that was totally fun and it was great and hanging out was awesome but like I said I I I gave myself permission to misbehave once she left and that's incorrect you know I'm not doing things you know I made the mistake of doing this with my ex do things for her do this for her I gotta do shit for me I gotta learn to care about me I gotta learn to love me I gotta learn that uh, that I'm worth it and that the things that will come from this are worth it, whether it's, you know, fitting in a shirt or, or getting an agent or more auditions or working toward acting or any of that bullshit, you know what I mean? Anything and going, going out and doing stand up will get me in a position where whatever the fuck, and you know, nobody wants to hear my, Ooh boy, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> we, we know it's the year of, I will, and, uh, and I will, you know, but But it was fun to go shopping and cooking while she was here. That was great. We went to like two different fucking stores. I went to a, you know, I like the romantic idea of having a butcher shop. So I went to a butcher shop and uh, foolishly spent $70 on meat, uh, but used it all and it made a difference. I mean, your meatloaf tastes a lot better when it's this fucking, the meat from the butcher shop. And we bought chicken, which was, it was amazing. It was just fun. It was really, really cool to see her there. We actually, you know, it's funny. She's got family in town. I'll tell you this. We went to uh she has a cousin and he's at second city and he's doing improv there. And, uh, and she, you know, when she's in town, I don't, I, I try to tell her, I go, look, man, do whatever you want to do. Like if you want to go, uh, and, and I, I won't lie. That's, that's also like a, uh, she bought her plane ticket to come out here. So I didn't want her to think that she was, obligated to hang out with me the entire time, you know, so I said, Hey, if you're coming out here, I know you got family. I know there's other things you want to do and there's shows you like and stuff. Go have fun. Like, I mean, you'll stay, you know, stay at my place and we'll do stuff, but you know, go, if you want to see your cousin or go have dinner with people or you want to see people, whatever you want to do. And then, um, she's like, I'm, I'm coming to town to see you. And I'm like, all right, but I just, I just don't want you to think that I'm monopolizing your time. And I don't want you to think that I'm, I'm trying to keep you from doing things that you need to do. It's uh it's weird, man. My head has been in a fucking car accident and I'm just still trying to scrape it into to make sense, you know? And, uh, it's, it's, there's a small part of me that still thinks, well, I don't, I don't bring enough value for you to come here and just see me. And I know that's a fucking weird thing, but it's there. It exists. Uh, and I try to fight it off. You know, I snapped at her once. I uh, we were watching uh, Boogie Nights. We watched Boogie Nights on the couch, and she was she was kind enough to watch it with me because I was like, "You haven't seen it? Holy fuck!" And at the end of Boogie Nights, um, she was. I said, uh, "What'd you think?" And she goes, "Well, you know, it uh, that was a movie. It wasn't for me." And I was like, "Ah, oh, Jesus!" I like, "You know what? I'm not picking a movie ever again." And that was born out of embarrassment that I had made her watch two hours and forty minutes of a movie that she didn't enjoy, and also. It was rooted in another experience that I had that I will tell you. Um, I had my ex watch Bookie Nights once, and she freaked out. Like, There's a moment in that movie that happened. Remember when he comes home after work and his mom is up waiting for him, and she starts screaming at him that he's stupid and he needs to get a fucking job? She destroys his room and tears his posters off the wall. Uh, That really upset my ex. And she was like, You gotta turn this off. And so I did. I turned it off and I had to hold her. I mean it was really bad, you know. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. I, I felt terrible. And I was embarrassed again that I fucking made her watch it. So then um uh, I I you know my new friend was here last week. I don't wanna say her fucking name, I feel like a dope, but it's but she was here last week and we watched Boogie Nights and afterwards. I was just like, I guess, oh man, I'm never picking another fucking movie. And she just goes, Jesus Christ. And uh, you know, I was embarrassed by having made the wrong choice and I felt stupid already. And for her, then for her to then say, Jesus Christ, I went, uh, Hey, what am I fucking exhausting? I mean, I don't need that in my own fucking apartment. I think I said something along those lines, which was not nice at all. Uh, but it was born out of the embarrassment of having her watch something she didn't like. And I felt, you know, I just, I felt, uh, and also the, my previous experience of, uh, of <laughs> having somebody else hate it. And, uh, and I was embarrassed and, and, um, and it, it, I so I reacted that way. And I felt, and immediately I'm like, what are you, why are you snapping at this person? Because she didn't like something. What's wrong with you, man? And, uh, and she's just like, Hey, I, I'm not mad. I didn't mean that at all. And I went, I know, I know I, it's fine. Cause I, and now, cause now I am embarrassed that I've reacted like that. It's such a fucking spiral, man. You know, cause then you, cause you know, you did wrong. And I even said I did, I, that was wrong. I'm sorry. I know I'm not. It's not about you. I'm just, I'm embarrassed that I, I had you watch something that you don't like. And she's like, it's fine. You know, and you know, we watched a movie, it's over and that's, that's it. But you still, you feel, cause especially cause it's all new, you know what I mean? And also now it's like, wait a minute, if you didn't like that, cause I love that movie. Like it's fucking classic. And then part of me is like, well, you did show her a movie filled with porn stars fucking and people getting shot in the head and blood spraying all over sometimes and violence and all this other bullshit. So maybe, uh, that's is more about you that you like this movie than and less about her, maybe not liking it, you know? And, and, uh, you know, I can't expect everybody to just fucking go, Oh dude, it was awesome. Fucking porn. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, I get that. But at the time I, I, so I felt super embarrassed that I, that I, that she didn't like it. And she was, and she had kind of sat through it. You know what I mean? Which was very nice of her. And, and she was very kind. Uh, but I did snap at her and, and I'm trying to be very different. And I've been very verbal with her and told her too. I said, look, I don't, I don't want to make you my mom. Cause I mean, I did that with my ex-wife. You know what I mean? I, I absolutely made her my mom. And with my, my, my last ex, that was, completely different because she could have never been that I and so I went I overcorrected with her and uh I I so I just I'm I'm fucking I don't know man do you do you know does anybody really know Y'all you you got your own stuff and you just bring it. and It's in a big fucking suitcase. And there's, you ever see like in the cartoons when somebody packs their suitcase and they run away and their shirts are sticking out the side. And it was just, it just looks like they hastily threw all of their junk into a fucking thing to escape whatever situation they had to get the fuck out of. And, uh, and it can feel like that in your fucking brain sometime, man. I got a shirt tail hanging out of my ear. You know, I, I, I grabbed all the wrong stuff. I didn't grab enough socks. I mean, it's just, you're just, you're just not sure if you're prepared for this the way it is. Uh, and then you, you know, you grabbed the wrong movie and made them watch it. And then you're like, because then also there's that guy who lives inside me who's like, well, great. Now, you know, like I said, she's going to judge me thinking that I'm a fucking guy who likes porn and drugs and shit like that. And then she's not going to want to fucking talk to me again. It's just, it's, it is so odd how this happens. You know, it is not. You the way I would describe it is, you know, you, it's not even like there's one voice inside your head that tells you, Oh, this is wrong. Or look what you did. There's a, there's a fucking chorus, man. There's, there's, everybody's got a different thing to say. Oh, you fucked that up. Oh, you did this wrong. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, what are you doing? And you're supposed to just relax and calm down and accept that you're who you are and everybody's going to be fine and everything's going to be okay. But it's, it's, It's there. It's there. And and again, it lives here with the show. Oh man, I just did a show that I thought was really funny, but I don't know if anybody's going to like this show. What if the, oh man, I got to do it again next week. What if they hate that show? I, this is a new phenomenon for me. I got no fucking idea why this is happening, but it's happening. Uh, (laughs) so there you go. Um, but I, I, you know, it was, it was, so I'm trying not to be that the same person i'm trying to learn from my past mistakes and and trying to not be uh the way i've been you know and and i like i said i made a lot of great progress with my ex it's just that my ex was uh you know that was like kind of trying to deal with a fucking badger some of the times so didn't matter what i did right or wrong it was it was not enough or or too much or you know there was never any there was never any baby bear in that relationship. Nothing was just right. <laughs> porridge was always too hot. Porridge was always too fucking cold. So, and now I don't even, I now I'm just like, I'm not even bringing porridge. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. Tell me what to do. I got no fucking idea. Uh, But, but so she was here. And so I, I'm always saying stuff like, hey man, go out, go do this, go do that. But one of the things I used to do with my wife was I would say, uh, Hey, go do this. Hey, if you want and she would always want me to go do things. She wanted to go to a museum. She'd want to go to the beach. There were things that she loved that I refused to participate in because I was selfish. We've talked about this. I'm, I was not a good husband. I was a very bad partner. And, I thought I was being a good partner by letting her indulge in all of the things she wanted to do. No, go do that. Oh, man, if you want to go to that restaurant, you should go. Oh, if you want to go to the beach, absolutely. Oh, yeah, go see that movie. You'll love it. Not knowing that I was supposed to go to the movie or I was supposed to go to the museum or I was supposed to go to the restaurant she wanted to go to. And I'm not completely at fault. You know, like I said, I've done I've done good work in six years of therapy. I I know where mistakes were made and where mistakes weren't made. It might be seven years now. Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know what? In fucking two weeks, it'll be seven years. I'm talking to Shannon. Um, That's wild. But I, I, I thought I was doing a good thing by just giving my ex-wife the freedom to do whatever the fuck she wanted when not realizing that she wanted me to share her life and her interests and the things that she wanted to do. So when it came up that, uh, there was an improv show that her cousin was in when she was here two weeks ago or yeah, a week ago, uh, <laughs> she, she even said, look, you don't have to go to this. I, I I know you, if you don't want to go, you don't want to go. I said, no, I'll go. And she's like, no, no, I, I totally get it. If you don't want to go, that's fine. And I, and I said, no, look, I, and I, I even told her, I said, look, this is the thing I used to do. I would, I would tell people to go do the thing they wanted to do. I said, but I would if you're here visiting me and you want me to go, I would like to go. Absolutely. Now did I want to go? Fuck no. Who the fuck wants to go to an improv show? Holy shit. I'm not even sure she wanted to go. But the very fact that she lives on the East Coast and she's in LA when her cousin is going to be in an on stage in an improv show, how the fuck do you not go? You can't get out of that. She can't certainly I could have, but it would have been a chicken shit move to try to get out of that. I mean fuck I can and look what it's 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 two hours. Go. Go. But it does open up all that weirdness that I've got inside me where I told you uh, I go to comedy shows and I just sit there and I try punching up sketches or I try punching up people's jokes. And I and I it's just the way my brain works. You know, I just I it's almost painful for me to sit through that. I know that sounds terrible. I don't mean to sound like a a weirdo. Uh, If people are good, I can recognize that they're good. But unfortunately, comedians watch comedians go. This guy's funny you know, nobody's fucking rolling on the floor laughing. I mean, I, I mean, I sometimes, you know, but but most of the time if I'm going to these other shows, I'm just like, ah, yeah, that's good. Oh, no, that was a good premise. Or, you know, I mean, it's just, I'm no fun to go to those with, you know, because I wind up punching up jokes the whole fucking time. Like when I I told you two weeks ago when I went with Pat or a month ago when I went with Pat, I was, I'd lean over and go, you know, this joke is right here. Do this, do this. And he's like, I know. And you know what I mean? And I go, I know you're tired of me doing this. He goes, no, I get it. And I'm like, Nobody wants to fucking know it all in the audience to go, well, you know, if you did this, excuse me, as a professional comedian of 30 some odd, shut the fuck up, dude, get your poindexter ass out of here and go do your own fucking act. Don't punch up anybody else's, but that's what lives inside me. So, uh, in my brain, I'm like, eh, you probably shouldn't do that or can't do that or whatever. (laughs) But I went, so I went to the show. It was at the second city down in LA. It was on a Sunday night and we went to it and, uh, we went upstairs, we go into the showroom and thankfully there were two seats in the back row because I, I look, I gotta, I gotta at least do that. That's my concession. I uh, let me hide. Let me hide in the fucking room and that's fine. And the way it works is, um, you know, he's, he's taking classes at second city. So this is the people he's in class with and they all make these, uh, it was a show. It was basically when you go to an improv show, there's different forms. All this was, was suggestions from the audience and they perform sketches off suggestions from the audience. They would ask for like a place, uh, you know, where do you live? Or they'd say, hey, what's a, a good place where to bring a son, your son, you know what I mean? All that's, And then people would yell out, yay, a graveyard, whatever the fuck. And then they would have to do an improvised sketch about bringing a son to a graveyard. Uh, in Chicago, there's a natural rivalry between stand-ups and improv people. It's two completely different animals. Uh, I never held any contempt because when I was a kid, I think I, I told you this, I was actually accepted into the touring the conservatory, like the touring company of the second city for classes and performances. And I was like, all right, that would be cool. But then I had no money to sign up and do it. And then I also did improv with a group in Naperville. Uh, and because improv is all about, you know, whatever the fuck you got to be quick, but also you got to advance the scene and you've got to be good to the people in your scene. you ha- It's all about, you got to make everybody else look good. You know what I mean? It's that you can't just walk out and pretend you're the star or whatever, or you have to yes and everything as we all fucking know, but you it's improv is about everybody else. It should be anyway if you're doing it for if you're doing it well, it's about everybody else. You should be concerned with being fucking Magic Johnson. Everybody should look good. You should be fucking passing out assists all over the fucking place. And if you see an opportunity to be fucking funny or or, or get a dunk, you fucking do it. But, but improv's all about everybody fucking passing it back and forth. Unless it's early in your improv career and you don't have any instincts for it and hey, guess what? <laughs> we went to this thing we sit down in the back row, and uh, her cousin comes up on stage with all these other people, and they're like, "Hi, we're Conservatory One, and we're here to do some sketches based on your suggestions. So why don't you tell us a good place for a uh, uh for uh two people to meet, whatever the fuck?" And someone yelled, "Home Depot." So the first sketch was her cousin and another guy, and they did a whole scene in in, in Home Depot, and her cousin wound up singing in it. All right, it, it like went that route. And I will tell you this, like I said, I was dreading this. All right. I didn't want to be there. I was going to go though, but I was also going to give it with an open mind. But at the same time in my brain, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna to try to punch this up. I'm sure. Uh, and then he was in the first sketch. So then I'm like, oh, all right, well, let's get, let's tear the fucking scab off right away. But I'm here to tell you that, uh, you know, I anticipated having a very uncomfortable conversation with her after the show and going, oh man, uh, that was a little rough, you know? And cause even Bridget was like, yeah, I know improv is really hard to watch sometimes. Like she was, uh, she, uh and I said her name, Fuck. uh, <laughs> Bridget, she's lovely. There's her name. So she, uh, she, she's even said, you know, that improv can be hard to watch and she understood if I didn't want to go and, um, and so I anticipated having a very uncomfortable conversation at the end of it, and just going, "Well, that was, yay, right? I mean, it was okay, at least five, some uh, whatever the fuck." A lot of hemming and hawing, but uh, but the but the good news is that at the end, by the end of the first sketch, the blackout sketch, because that's what would do. They would once they hit a punchline, they do a blackout, and then someone would ask for another suggestion, and uh, I I was. I, I, you have no idea the relief I felt. You have no idea how happy I was by the fact that her cousin was good. Oh my God. You have no idea how relieved I was because I knew we were probably going to see him after and probably, probably go out and have a drink or something or, you know, get something to eat. And I knew I was going to have to tell him good job or whatever. I I knew, I knew I was going to have to paste on a face and pretend that I had a good time. And I could do that. I mean, I've done it millions of times before. Uh, It would be harder talking even to her and just going, Hey, yeah, no, he was great. He was great. (laughs) I didn't want to do that, but Holy fuck dudes. He was good. I was so happy. He was really good. He, he advanced the scene. He sang, he knew how to take it to a weird outlandish place, but also remain within the scene. He didn't make himself the star. He tried to make the other guy look as good as possible. And, uh, and i was so happy jesus christ was i happy i was like oh my god so then they only did a half hour and they did a bunch of different sketches and he was in one other sketch and he was in a sketch with a woman and uh and again it was that same thing we're like give us a place where people meet and and uh someone's like a coronavirus uh quarantine center and he's like all right and then he uh and he he timed it perfectly there was a woman sitting there and she played it this was what this is what i hated like all right. This is the bad thing. Everybody in this fucking show, because then we had to sit through. because their, their show ended after a half hour. I was like, all right, let's get the fuck out of here. A half hour. But then, yay, more improv people are on. They go, we're a conservatory too. Let's get some scenes. And uh, so I, I was really, I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. Whatever. We had to sit another half hour. That's fine. But everybody in every sketch started a conflict except her cousin. Like her, her cousin was trying to be funny in advancing the scene in every other sketch. So in, in the coronavirus quarantine center, he kind of walks over and she's sitting on a chair and she's like looking all scared and frightened and looking around. And, and he's like, Hey, how's it going? And she's like, uh, I don't know. They took my phone away. I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. And he goes, Oh, well, come on. We should all just <coughs> relax. He coughed at the perfect time. He coughed. It got a big laugh. Because he didn't start out going uh, 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 hi, uh, uh, you know what I mean. He could have, he could have buried it and and fucking made it stupid, but instead and also, but the thing is, the choice she should have made, she should have been happy to be there too. It's it's so much funnier if you're happy to be in the quarantine center. She's acting frightened. She wants to escape. She doesn't want to flirt with him. She doesn't want to do any of these things. And he's picking her up like they're in a goddamn singles bar filled with germs. It was just his choice was right. Hers was so wrong. And everybody all night long except for him. And a couple other people, I have to admit, there were a couple other people, but you know how improv is. It's just like, Hey, give it, give us a place for a date. And someone's just like, Oh, the fire station. And they go, okay, fire station. It's like, why are you? What? No, fuck you. Say something else. But that's another thing too, is they, the other improv people in the crowd, like they were yelling stuff from the back of the room. They weren't letting the crowd give, give advice or give fucking suggestions. And so they uh, just, they were just, uh, I wasn't a fan. You know, me, I'm a child. I'm sitting there rewriting everything. There was a sketch, dude. This sketch they're, they're like what's a good place for a first date and someone yells Ikea and they're like alright Ikea and it's a man and a woman so the man sits down in a fucking chair and a woman sits next to him and uh she goes I read this is really nice and the guy's like yeah And she goes so many places to sit which is a great line if you're in an Ikea that was perfect it was a great way to get into the scene and then he goes, I just wish they'd hurry up with your meatballs. Like, like yells it and looks down at the, he clenches his fist and he screams meatballs. And, uh, so now you've, here's what you've done as an improv person. You've made this completely about you. You've basically invalidated the pre, where you're at and you've put the onus on her to either match your rage or go, what the fuck are you doing? Like that's, Every Saturday Night Live sketch is always like three people acting weird and one guy going, what's going on? Like, I don't even know what's going on. Even the David S. Pumpkin sketch is just the the, the skeletons and David S. Pumpkins acting weird. And then uh, Whitey McWhiterson and fucking Kate McKinnon just going, uh, why? Why? What's with the pumpkins and the skeleton? Like, why? Like, literally invalidating the premise. That's every Saturday Night Live sketch. Somebody does something funny and everybody else is just like, why is this guy acting so funny? You know what I mean? It's just fucking weird to watch. So this dude steals complete focus. By, go, by screaming about meatballs. And now, so she's got to react to that. She can't just go, well, I'm sure they'll be here any moment. She's just like, wow, you must really like these meatballs. And he's just like, I'm just so nervous. I've been, I've been waiting for this date forever. And it's like, let me ask you something, okay? If you said something in an Ikea, what, what, should, what should happen in the Ikea? Let's put on our comedy thinking caps right now. I understand, yes, you're shopping for furniture, you're doing things, you're, you're eating meatballs, whatever the fuck, there's lingonberries, all sorts of delicious stuff at the Ikea. But I'm asking you right now, what is the one thing that comes to your mind when you think of Ikea? You probably said the word furniture, yes. Now, when you think of the furniture at Ikea, what is the very next thing that you think about? The fucking names of the furniture, the stupid Swedish goddamn names, the only reason to be in an Ikea is to use those fucking names. So literally she, she should have been like there's so many places to sit and he would have been like well I built their Karfenfugen just for you. And then they could have just had a whole dialogue about Flugenfrugers or whatever the fuck, Bogentrotters, whatever the fuck, anything, Govers, what any make it up as you're going any silly fucking name bundle grippers, anything you want to say, man. Bubble bangers, we got that. Whatever you want is fucking right there. Buster gaggles, brittle crunchers, whatever the fuck, bucket guppers. It's it's there. It's right there but they didn't instead he acted the fool and pretended like he was being shy. And then she's like, how long have you been waiting to ask me out? And he's like seven years. And it's like, so now you've made the sketch even fucking waiters. So he waited seven years to act her out and you took her to a fucking Ikea on your first fucking date. And also in my brain, cause I even, I like lean over to bridge and I'm just like, Hey, there's no waiters at Ikea. What, what's what's it he mean? He's waiting for the meatballs. Just go get them. And she's just like, I know honey. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> so fucking weird. Like I just, you've put all the onus on the person you're with. Why are you doing that? It's fucked. Then there's another sketch where they're like, they're the people are like it's in a bathroom. Of course it's in a bathroom. That's what everybody does. So if somebody tells you your sketch is set in a bathroom, what are you going to do? Hopefully you're not going to do what these people did. It was a man and a woman and the woman is at the sink and she's like kind of looking in a mirror. She's looking at us like it's a mirror and the guy comes in and he just sits down on a chair like he's taking a shit. And uh, and she says, "Oh, uh, all right, I, I, I'm in here." And he goes, "You know about my IBS." So now you've that just shows how unequipped you are to do improv. It just shows how unequipped you are to be funny or comedy. You think IBS is funny. You think shitting is funny. And the fact that you think you would shit in front of a woman is funny. And and and, and I, it's funny because then the the girl is talking to him and, and she's trying to deal with the scene herself. And again, it's just the onus where these men put it on the women to try to react to their strength or their fucking whatever the, their weirdness is. You know what I mean? They just take over the scene. It's like, dude, let the woman be funny. Give her a fucking space. But also at the same time, like I leaned over to, to, to bridge and I'm just like, I go, I go, she could change this whole scene if she just goes, you know, we all use that bathtub like if he wasn't sitting on a toilet, like literally, cause he's, he, he, you know, he didn't fucking lift a lid or anything. He just sat down and started shitting and talking about his IBS. She could have said, yeah, I understand what you're doing. That's fine. But we all use that bathtub. I, huge laugh. And it pivots the whole scene. It pivots the whole fucking thing. But instead I understand why she had to sit there and deal with the guy taking a shit. It was fucking, it was just like, what's going on? I, I don't Improv's a goddamn mess. And and believe me, that's coming from a guy who just basically had to improvise a ninety minute fucking comedy show for you. Comedy? This might be strong uh, <laughs> because his fucking co-producer took the script to Tennessee, that fuckhead, and he didn't fucking send it to me for fucking review. Whatever. It was a good time to go out with her and see your cousin, who was good. But Jesus Christ, improv! It was it was funny. Like I haven't been to an improv show. That wasn't my friends. Like I saw Chip and Pat and Jimmy. They they had a fucking crew and they did improv once. And that was that was at least that was written sketches, okay? That wasn't making shit up on the spot. Because Chip's an improv guy from fucking forever. But being in that room and watching it, it just, boy, did it bring me back to 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 just sitting through terrible, terrible improv. It's still the same. Like improv is still terrible. If you if you got the wrong people doing it, that's the thing. You gotta see the right people doing it. If you got the wrong people doing it, holy fuck is it awful. So uh it was nice while she was in town and we got to do that, and that was totally fun and, and uh we had a good time. We went to Lucha Vavoom, if you know what that is. Lucha Vivoom is a uh, it's a wrestling slash burlesque show. Blanked Patch is a friend of mine, and he was like, hey, uh, he he wrote me a note. He's like, hey, because he, I saw him at Super Bowl Sunday. He's like, I forgot to ask you on Sunday. If you want to come to Vavoom, you know, I, I'll put you on the list. And I'm like, fuck, I would love that because I knew Bridge was going to be in town. And, and uh, she's a big burlesque fan. She actually just did a burlesque act. She, was, she took a class and then did her graduating class just before with a performance just before she came out here. Uh, and I was so proud of her because it was, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's that's a hard thing to do. I mean, I look, I go up, I talk, whatever the fuck you're taking your clothes off in front of a room full of people for the first time and and having to take a class and then going up. And then she actually, I was so happy. She invited friends from her work to come and watch. And uh, cause I thought she wasn't going to have anybody there. You know, I felt terrible that I couldn't be there. And, and, uh, and which is so dumb. It, it's like, it's not about me, you, you know, but you want to support, you want to be a nice guy. And, and, so luckily her friends came in and they loved it and then she shared it on Instagram and stuff so she was real happy and, and I was proud of her because she worked really hard. Because um, I mean, dude, going to going to class, learning the moves and then having to graduate and, but graduation means getting naked in front of people? Jesus fucking, I I know I couldn't fucking do it. Jesus Christ. So good for her. Uh, but then we went to Vavoom and we, we fucking hung out and it was just, and we we watched wrestling and, and we watched burlesque and you know, it was, it was just crazy fun. And Blaine shouted me out, went, which was ridiculous on the microphone, which is great because he's like, Mike Schmidt is here. And said, nobody boo, <laughs> nobody booed or cared, but that was fine. I didn't care. I was just, I was just happy uh, to be in the fucking room. And afterwards we found him. I fucking hugged him because he's hilarious the whole fucking time. He's, he's the broadcaster and, and he's the announcer. And it was just, and Drew Carey was there with him. So the two of them were fucking killing it. It was great. It was really fun. And, uh, and it was it was really fun and then and then you know she went home and then i i fucking decided to be a child who had been standing in the corner for a week and come back out and indulge myself and do whatever the fuck i wanted i was I was the home alone kid i was fucking <laughs> i was kevin, and i just i got to i got to shave and slap fucking stuff on my face and scream and eat all the wrong stuff and and uh i gotta be better i gotta be better than that, and i will and and you know, that means also here, working, getting the show out. You you know it. Every week you hear it. Every week you're hearing it. But uh but every week I'm making progress and every week I, I'm you know, I, I did I did I get my dick knocked in the dirt this week? Yeah, food wise, yeah I did, but still working out hard and uh, you know, got it gotta drive, gotta make money, gotta do it's just it's just fucking life, man. You know, it's and 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 we're all in it. You're in it, I'm in it. You, you got to do the things you got to do. She's in it. She's working seven days this week to make up for her trip, you know, and proud of her for doing that. Proud of anybody who makes the effort. Just got to start being proud of myself. And, and I will. You guys can get me at Mike at Mike Schmidt You guys can be my friends at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. You know what else you can do if you want. You can find me on Instagram and Snapchat. Well, I'm there. Go look for me. Mike four zero Y O B. That's Mike four zero Y O B on Instagram and Snapchat. I'm there lurking and waiting for you to find me and love me. Please love me while you're there. Would that be cool? That'd be great. Pat me on the head and tell me you like boogie nights. If I get one person who likes boogie nights, reach out to me, please. I got to quit fucking striking out with that goddamn movie. Uh, find me plays at Instagram and Snapchat that would be the best I would love it our great friend Ryan Dirks does all the web stuff for this show you can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and tell him he's super cool because he is and of course David Mex Hernandez does all of the music and the artwork for this show Uh, I don't even know if he wants me to plug this you can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and get this uh, I guess he started an Instagram now did I know he started an Instagram no did he tell me no uh, I had to find out from a friend who tagged me in a post with him, and I'm like, "All right, well, I guess that's happening." He, I think he just started it this week, but he's David Mex Hernandez at Instagram. So if you've got that on your phone, look him up. You'll see him, and he's uh, he's posting there. I don't know, he, and he's still learning it. So, but but follow him, man. Do that. Get him some followers. So he's got people he wants to, you know, he can post to instead of just posting stuff into the ether that I'm going to see. He doesn't want me to see it. He wants you guys to see it. So please check it out. But also, Facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez is where to find him and join his closed group. First of all, he does all the artwork for the Westside 86 Jokers page. Go ahead and join that if you would. That's our fan club page. Uh, join that, you'll see his artwork for that. But also, if you become his friend on Facebook, you'll see all of that artwork anyway. He's got it in files and folders. Scroll through his photos, you'll see all of it there. But he's got his closed group. This is dumb, that's dumb, you're dumb, I'm dumb. Uh, you want to join that? You send him a note. Then he sends you three questions. You answer those nicely. And then he lets you in the group and then you all get to make fun of the world and post memes about Jesus. Well, that's awesome. And, uh, and from what I understand, the girl in the bikini is going to be taking her bikini off shortly. I think, I think it was ass Wednesday this week and we got to see, uh, uh, tits, Tina or T- Tina, uh, big tits. What the fuck's her name? God damn it. Whatever. Uh, but she had her ass out too. So that's the thing. That's the most important thing. Cause again, man, is an ass man from way back so uh so you want to join the club jesus christ this is dumb that's dumb you're dumb i'm dumb and uh and check out all of the amazing characters he's created uh slumpus mcgrumpus is there and uh and then there's a potato with the teeth i think it's 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 all there it looks like the you remember the Quiznos monsters who went they got the subs he draws something that looks like them it's a great place so go ahead and check it out there's somebody in a bee costume i believe Go to the This Is Dumb, That's Dumb, You're Dumb, I'm Dumb page and ask to join. Then when you join, you're in there and you can post memes and have a great time with everybody else who's in there hating Jesus and the world, just like our friend David. Uh, But becoming his friend at Facebook.com slash David Mex Fernandez is the key to doing all of that. You can check out all of his artwork. And you know, you can buy his artwork. He offers to do, he can do your Facebook caricatures. He can do paintings for you. He works in oil. He works in watercolors. He works, he'll sculpt something for you. He'll uh, he'll certainly draw you like one of his french girls he'll show you his etchings whatever you need to see he can do whatever you need accomplished he can make happen but you need to hire him to do it. First of all, like I said, go to facebook.com slash David Max Hernandez. Go through all of his photos. See all the artwork he's created for my show, all the profile stuff he did for my page, and then join the This Is Dumb, That's Dumb page. See all the characters and stuff he created for that, all the memes, all the all the amazing stuff he's done. And uh, and also you can go to his website. What? What? Yes, he's got a website. Go check it out right now. Artbydmh.com. That's a r t b y d m h. hcom com. it in my stupid head. I know what you're thinking to yourself. You're saying, hey, Mike, are there are there still sponsors for this show? <laughs> Inexplicably, yes, there are. As a matter of fact, thank you for asking, by the way, shouting that out in your car, at your iPod vagina. And I heard it all the way over here, all the way on the left coast, all the way out here in Cala Fornia, if you will, uh, where I, I live and love. Uh, but don't don't think don't think it hasn't entered my mind to go somewhere else. Don't think I haven't thought about going to other places. I saw a friend of mine, my buddy Joe, moved to New York. And, uh, he listed an apartment for rent in New York and, uh, he's in, you know, he's like upstate, I think. And it was, uh, a one bedroom with a, with a one bath hardwood floors with a, with a breakfast bar. It was lovely and beautiful. And it was $850 a month. And I, I almost fainted dead away from seeing that number, um, And I know if I were to go to like, you know, other places like Iowa or wherever the fuck it would be even cheaper, but I can't do that. Right. I need to stay here. I need to keep uh, running up that hill with Kate Bush. I need to still try to make sure that I can be the guy that I want to be in the place where I want to stay. All right. Nobody cares. Sponsors exist. Podcasts who sponsor us. Uh, Let's talk. You know what? Let's switch it up. Let's talk about my good friend Rob Matsushita over at the Knife Drop podcast. Uh, I think episode 11 is still up now. You can download that. Get all of them. Get all 11 episodes. They're really good. Uh, But the last one was episode 11. Um, They talk about the Dana Carvey movie, Opportunity Knocks. They talk about the movie One Cut of the Dead. I think Big Slim McGroovy shows up at some point with with a malted. And they talk about when the bow breaks. It's a fantastic show. And our friend Rob's a good friend. Um, Although, what did he hate the other day? I saw him hate something on Facebook where he's like, nope. And in my brain, I was like, that was something I wanted to like. Uh, he watched. He said he watched 10 minutes of it. Oh, no. Oh, no. He watched the uh, the Hunter's show. I think he watched that. The Al Pacino show. Uh, now, he might talk about that on the Knife Drop. I don't want to spoil it. So uh, go download the Knife Drop podcast. It's available at Anchor, Stitcher, Podbay, all those fine places. Go ahead and check it out. The, uh, the Knife Drop podcast with our friend Rob Matza Groovy. Big Slim Mc, McShita. Go go listen to who... It's a, it's a hybrid. They're all there. Go listen to the show, please. It's fantastic. Fearful Jesuit. Let's talk about him for just a second right now because he called me out via text. Hurt my feelings. Uh, he didn't really hurt my feelings. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> That's not good. Um... No, he thought he said that he wasn't talking directly to me. And then he scolded me. I got a finger wagging via text, but that's fine. He's a busy man. He can go ahead and take time out of uh, putting together unbelievably epic opus podcasts and point out my mistakes, my misgivings, if you will. The Paranoid Strain podcast is available right now in the iTunes store. Go ahead and download it. Subscribe to it, please. And then leave notes, leave a note in the iTunes store, a review, if you will, five-star review. Tell him you love the show. You love, uh, you love Fearful Jesuit. And you love me for introducing you to the show because I'm I'm the conduit. I brought you to it, uh, although it was Jesuit who asked me to bring you to it. And I'm happy to do it because he's a he's a fine man who makes a wonderful gumbo with the coldest basement in America. But still, he's still a good man. Although now I'll tell you what, he's he's betrothed. He's in love. He's got a lady friend. And I'll bet I'll bet that basement is no longer cold. And that's not a euphemism. But still, I'm getting I'm It's it'll be warmed up like the cockles of my heart. Um. This new show is is all about Philip K. Dick. <clears throat> at least I thought it was all about Philip K. Dick. Here's the thing: it veers off, and it's about everything. It's fucking dense as hell again, information and dense, and it's a, it's questioning reality at its face because that's what Philip K. Dick, or as we now know in PKD, did. Uh, and it just it delves in you know. And I will tell you this: Dana gets turned loose on Yelp. Dana Unicorn gets fucking and she gets the fucking run rampant, yelling about Yelp. Uh, what did I learn uh, on the show? I learned that we were crafted by, or I'm sorry, created by a flawed and evil God. I learned that. Uh, I also learned about the pitiless lion eat lamb logic of the food chain, which you'll hear about in this show. Now I'm going to do something a little different here. You know, I listen to the show and it's about PK Dick, but it also takes this, it veers off into exploring Christianity in all of its facets, like, like the eight armed octopus that is Christianity and all the different Christianities and Uh, holy Jesus. Again, it's, it's me listening. I'm just, I'm, I try and I do my best. I don't think I'm smart enough for the show. All of you will be, but it's, it's lovely and it's amazing. And it's, it's so, it's so well done that I, I still can and want to listen to it. Even if I'm Googling frantically while I'm listening to it, he explains everything, but still at the same time, I'm like, all right, what's this? Well, I got to see this. I got to look, check this out. So I took a different approach as I was listening, uh, I here are the uh, what have I got here? I got eight. I think I got the top eight band names that I've that I've pulled out of this show so far, of <laughs> this episode. This episode about Philip K. Dick. Uh, number one, you should name your band the Valus Events. Do you go see the Valus Events? I think you do. If they open for Mercury Rev, you're probably there to see the Valus Events. Um, this now, this one's right out of the 90s. This is this is a really good one. Uh, techno Gnostic Messiah Thing. I think that's a good name for a band, right? Don't you? Uh, I'd I'd actually see the Vela's events if they opened for the techno for sorry, not the techno Gnostic Messiah thing. Uh, Another name, of course, is the Black Iron Prison. I mentioned that last week, but it came up again this week and I I found that to be a fine uh, thing. Uh, The Gnostic Secret Gospel of John. I don't know if you're going to fit that on a fucking bass drum, but it sounds fucking cool as a band name. Um, The Divine Daddy God, which come on. I guess you could be just Divine Daddy God or Gnostic Secret Gospel of John or Valus Events, uh, but Techno-Gnostic Messiah thing, that's just, that's a fucking home run, don't you think? Uh, And then here's the last one I was able to pull out, uh, Soviet Telepathy Experiment, which is a fantastic name. But I still think if you're voting, if we're all voting right now, uh, I think Techno-Gnostic Messiah thing is the winner. Because you could actually see them opening for nine inch nails, couldn't you? Techno Gnostic -Gnostic Messiah thing Um, with your head like a hole. Go check out the Paranoid Strain podcast. Go ahead and write them a note. Paranoidstrain at gmail.com. Paranoidstrain at gmail.com. Write our good friend, Fearful Jesuit a note. It's available now in the iTunes store. I got it early, so I've been uh, listening and reviewing, but it's actually available now in the iTunes store. My throat is fucked. I don't know why. Oh, no. Hold on. You know, why? cause I don't have my mask on. I, I put my mask on. I sound like lot better, don't I? <clears throat> oh, Corona, my Corona virus. Uh, go listen to that. I can't believe I did that. Go listen to the paranoid strain, paranoid, paranoid, the paranoid strain podcast available now in the iTunes store, download it, leave a review, write our good friend, fearful Jesuit. Tell him how fucking, again, it's amazing work. I, I come here. I rattle my brains. I fucking spit stuff out. I talk, whatever the fuck in circles that dude is meticulously scripting out a goddamn three hour show and then intercutting it with Dana and language and using, uh, turns of phrase and just, you know, talking about Gnostic Christianity, dude, I wouldn't know a fucking thing about it. I don't, I don't know anything at all. I learn from this show. Certainly I'm educated to things that I knew nothing about, but boy, I, you know, cause Philip K. Dick to me again, he wrote Blade Runner. That's that guy. I didn't know he was fucking bananas. I didn't know he thought that we were living in a concurrent time that was before christ but at the same time the present time and we were living in it now and i didn't realize also get this fucking this dude thought that in the, there was the gospel of john and then he thought that the valus events were in the gospel of john and they were added to his bible later like later in life and and he oh, what a fucking banana head philip k dick was unbelievable but please listen to the show because it's again it's one of those deals where like you ever see seven and then they got john doe's notebooks and you're just like man that dude is so crazy he's fucking genius That's who Philip K. Dick is. He's one of those fucking just uh, just a fucking whistlehead who's just like, yeah, man, here's the thing. Uh, Jesus talks to me exclusively through these books and he sends it over here. And then there was a pink light that was shot into my fucking brain. And uh, I'm a precog and all that other bull. And let's talk about the Soviet telepathy experiment. And uh, Jesus fucking Christ, Philip K. Dick. What the fuck? You imagine being his book agent and trying to talk to him. Hey, buddy, we just need something by October. I don't need to hear about you and your black iron prison head, all right? Just fucking spit out some more gobbledygook about time travel that we can sell to the rubes and we'll be happy and we'll leave you alone, you fuck. He reminds me, it's funny, reading, I'm sorry, listening to the show, he reminds me of the story The story of Lee Harvey Oswald. Another guy, like I just, it's just a name I've known forever. I've known Philip K. Dick's name forever. I've known Lee Harvey Oswald's name forever. But then you start hearing the history of him and you're like, holy fuck. Lee Harvey Oswald traveling to Russia twice and then he's in fucking like, He's talking to people he shouldn't be talking to, and then he's on TV doing an interview about communists. Like, what the fuck? I thought he was just the dude in the book tower. I didn't know this. It's like when I found out about uh is it Hetty Lamar? Hedy Lamar who like she invented radio or some bullshit. She's like the Nikolai Tesla, but with tits. It's like, man, it's fucking amazing. Eh, it's reductive. I don't mean that. She's a fucking genius. She invented spies. Like Hetty Lamar invented spies and shit like that. And you're like, wow, that's fucking amazing. Um, but she's also like a hot ingenue on screen. Philip K. Dick is writing Blade Runner, but at the same time, uh, you know his brain is as soft as a weak old avocado. I mean, this guy doesn't know what the fuck is going on, and he falls for some chick with a fish on a necklace. It's just, he's insane, and you got to hear it because, again, when, when Jesuit breaks it down and Dana's, because even, even Dana, that's my favorite part, is Dana's just like, hey, what the fuck is going on here, and, and Jesuit's just like, yeah, I know it's crazy, but give me a few more minutes, and then, of course, a half hour goes by, and then Dana's like, hey, fucking Jesuit, because it's just... It's such a crazy story and, and uh, it needs to be heard, man. Go check out the Paranoid Strain podcast available now in the iTunes store. Download it. Download this episode but subscribe. You know not you do? Subscribe so then you get all of them automatically when they come out. And then you can just settle in Nestle into a room with a black light and a fucking Bob Marley poster and just fucking take four pulls off your bong and float away with the fucking dulcet tones of Jesuit and the clipped tones of Dana Unicorn and imagine what she looks like and probably pretend that she's naked while she's telling you stories about all the mean people on Yelp and, and you find out about Philip K. Dick and what a fucking chowderhead that guy was. Jesus. All right, go check it out. Paranoid Strain Podcast, available right now in the iTunes Store, downloadable for you this moment. Uh, hey man, who wants to hire me for cameo? I think somebody does, right? You? Is it you? Could it be you? Uh, I I think I told you last week I wanted to do like a twenty minute cameo for somebody, and then I'm and like someone wrote me they're like don't do that. I'm like yeah, of course don't do that. I know. Because I'll tell you what, I haven't even heard from these people. They must have been like I, they're probably not even done watching. It. It's been a fucking week. They probably erased the fucking thing when they saw it. it was twenty minutes. Uh, I just I just you know I fall in love with the sound of my own voice, and I also don't want to cheat anybody. And but I mean it's fifteen bucks. Give him, give him a minute. Fuck. Whatever. All right. So I'm a cameo, put the app on your phone and find me. Hi, Mike Schmidt. Just Google me. You'll uh, not Google me. Fuck. Search me in their, uh, archives. <laughs> I guess you would call them. And, uh, and I'll do a cameo for you and your sister and your brother. Uh, come on people now hire me for your brother. Let me talk on the phone. Let's all get together and make fun of one another on cameo. Hire me this instant, please, please. I need the dough. God, do I need money? It's ridiculous. Um, Uber and Lyft exist. Uh, hey, Troy, I got your email. I'll write you soon. Uh, I don't mean I don't mean soon, like in two weeks, but like I'll get you in the next couple of days. But uh, if you want to use my code uh, for Lyft to get a ride, don't use it for. I mean, I guess you can use it for a ride, but then I just get a free ride, and who the fuck cares? But I guess I gotta go to the airport someday. Whatever. All right, so Lyft exists, and use that code M I K E. 720057, Mike, 720057, all lowercase. For Uber, DJZW1YTTUE, DJZW1YTTUE, all lowercase. Lyft is all caps. Jesus, who cares? Just try it. I'm sure I'll get credit or I won't. Uh, But if you want to be a driver, use those codes. That would be great. It would help me a lot. If you want to be a rider, first time, uh, use the code too. And I mean, I get free rides and that's fine. That's all that anybody cares about, right? Yeah. We have a Twitch channel. Did you know that uh, Twitch TV slash the forty year old boy? I'll be on there playing The Witcher. I can't stop playing The Witcher. Like it's one of those games where it just I I've, I've been playing it for a month. Man, eh, not really three weeks, but I'm only fourteen percent of the way through. Jesus Christ, there's so much Witcher shit to do. I mean, I, I I made the mistake of doing all the side missions where I was like killing pirates and killing cannibals and whatever the fuck and finding armor that wasn't good enough. But now I'm now I'm like dealing with street gangs and I, I just uh. I went into a brothel. There was naked chicks. It was totally fun. I went to a steam bath. There was more naked chicks. This game's fucking psycho, but it's fun. Uh, So go to twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy and uh, follow or subscribe to the channel. Then you'll always know when I'm on it and come in and say hi in the stream and say hello to me in the chat room. I would love it. And then I'll say hi back and I'll talk to you on camera. It'll be like we're having a conversation, except you can be naked somewhere and you're watching me on TV. How fun is that? Right? Uh, So Twitch exists. Go ahead and do that. Amazon, what? I have an Amazon link. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. dot com. Go to the merchandise page, which we all know is the Joe Business page. There's an Amazon link lurking. Click on that, and then you're shopping. And I get a taste of the gig. I get money. No, I'm sorry. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. It's it's a perfect relationship. You're shopping anyway. The fuck? Give me a cut of Bezos's cash. That bald fuck needs to share the wealth. That nah, seems strong. He's a good guy. He just went ahead and I don't know if he's a good guy. He's got a eighty billion dollars, but you know he's out there and he's he's made his. Bones. I don't know. I'm exhausted. I can't fucking make fun of these people anymore. It's like literally it doesn't matter. The world's never going to change. Nothing's going to nothing's going to get fixed. So I can't be like, hey, Jeff Bezos is destroying the environment and uh, mapping the universe for some reason. I don't know why Google or Amazon need maps, but they do. I mean, Amazon's going to deliver shit, I suppose. I don't know, man, but he's out there. And he and I are business partners. I'm a business partner with Jeff Bezos. So if you go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, go to the merchandise page and click on the Amazon link, you're shopping and I get a taste of it. And I really need that. I mean, I I might be, I might make it sound like it's silly, but when you do that, it truly helps the show, man. I get cash and, and uh, I thank you so much for thinking of me. Go ahead and use the Amazon link as much as you can, because it truly helps me and the show, whether you're doing it at work or home or whatever. Uh, I get a taste of the gig and it's great. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. It works out perfectly. So thank you for thinking of me. And please continue to think of me when you do your Amazon shopping and use my link. If you smell link, what Mike is shopping. Uh, I have a Patreon page as well. If you want to become a part of that, why wouldn't you? I can think of several reasons why you wouldn't want to, but if you want to, that's cool. It's out there. Patreon.com, uh, go check uh, for my name, Google Mike Schmidt. I think it's Mike 40-Y-O-B as well, uh, or Mike 40-year-old boy, whatever the fuck. Just Google Mike Schmidt Patreon, and it's going to come up. You're going to see my smile and face, and uh, if you wanted to do that, it would really help me and the show, and uh, I appreciate you thinking of me and possibly doing something like that. And Also, if you're in Europe <laughs> and you want to do Ireland, I should have ticket information soon enough where you can buy tickets to come and see me. Uh, I have a feeling it's just going to be me and Alex and, and uh, Laura and whoever the opening comics bring, but you know, what the fuck? I, I maybe if some of you who've been clamoring for me to come overseas can somehow make the trip, that would be totally fun. I'll be doing two shows in Ireland and uh, excited to do it. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't know what stories, uh, it'll probably be a lot of stories about Ireland. Nah, probably not. What have I just did that? What have I just talked about Ireland? (laughs) What have I just washed up with Irish spring soap? Uh, ignore me. I'm ridiculous. All right. So that all exists uh, please find uh, me there in Ireland. Why? Patreon, uh, the Amazon link, UberLift cameo. I, these are all the plugs, right? Are we done with the plugs? I think we are. Uh, oh no, one more plug. I'll tell you this. I'm, uh, I've mentioned it. I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but I'm on the rock solid program. Now I'm on rock solid twice. I did yacht rock, which is out there, uh, floating around, Ha ha, floating yacht. And also I did the, uh, the episode where we reviewed the Ozzy Osbourne album when we talked about the Eddie Money Tribute show, which was totally fun and cool. And, uh, it's available now for you to go ahead and download right now. If you go to the iTunes store and just subscribe to it, man, Pat's show is fucking cool. He works really hard to get guests. And, uh, and I can tell you this, um, I am in, uh, unbelievably doing another episode. I don't know when it will air. I'm recording it this weekend. So, um, People who were very nice and reached out to me to say they liked the show that was with me and Mike Siegel and Pat. Uh, It'll be another show with me and Mike Siegel and Pat. And I just love talking to my friends. So I'm excited about that. That's really cool. So look for that as well. But right now, me, Mike Siegel and Pat are doing Yacht Rock. And then it's just me and Pat doing the ridiculously long three-hour, but fucking worth it because we're funny, episode about the Ozzy show. And some of the Dio stuff I talked about will be in there now. And then we review the uh, Eddie Money tribute show, which we did. Which uh, I think I told you about where James Hetfield showed up and all that stuff. It was totally fun. But go ahead and uh, check that out, please. That's available now. And uh, that's all my plugs. That's all I got for you, I think. I, I, I don't know what else to do here. I should probably just, I should shut it down, right? We're late already. And we, we went long. We probably went a little long. I nah, talked too much. I don't know. Is this, is this even worth doing anymore? I'm just kidding. I'm, what if I was that guy? <laughs> what if at the end of this, I was like, by the way, I'm never doing another show. All right, take care of yourselves, guys. That'd be fantastic. No, I can't do that. I got a, I got a mailing list to get started. That's, oh, you're, and you're thinking, oh, Mike, whatever that mailing list? Oh, no, it exists it's out there. Uh, MailChimp is still being built right now. I'm waiting for more people to go ahead and join up. If you want to send me a note at heymikeadme at gmail.com, heymikeadme at gmail.com, I'll get you on the mailing list. Oh, yeah. And if you thought this show came out late on Fridays, what do you get? What do you get this week's mailing list next week? How great will that be (laughs) when I give you a mailing list after the fact to describe the show that you listened to a week before? That's my goal. Listen, I want want to just stagger my output. All right. I want to go ahead and give you a show one week and then a mailing list the next week and then a show and a mailing list. then they don't correspond. I, I don't want anything to match. I want to be... I want to make it as difficult as possible for, to, for me to be successful and for you guys to like me. Can I do that? And now you're thinking to yourself, well, Mike, you've already done that. Yes, of course, I've already done that. But what I'm thinking is I can make it even more challenging. Like maybe if I put out the fucking newsletter in Italian or Spanish or something like that and you had to do a Google Translate or even the show, if I ran it through like Babelfish, is that even still a thing? Is Babelfish a fucking thing or was that even a band? I might be making that shit up. I know there was like Rosetta Stone and then there was some other fucking thing that taught you how to go ahead and use a different language in like five days or some bullshit, but Babelfish, Wasn't that a thing where you could actually run your whole thing through a a translator and then some swarthy motherfucker would say your stuff with rolling R's, which is exactly what I need. The 40 year year old boy. That's what I want. I want a dude like that. Some dude with a pencil thin mustache, some flamenco dancer motherfucker. I want him to go ahead and bring you my fucking show. That's what I need to do. I just need to farm this out, man. I record it. I send it off to some fucking flamenco dancer guy. He taps his feet. He rolls his R's. You get wet and you think to yourself, God damn, I'm going to bang the shit out of that guy. And I'm like, wait a minute. I said all the funny stuff. And all of a sudden, wait a minute. Now you're following the flamenco dancer? You could have been on my side, but no, all of a sudden you're fucking going with the flamenco dancer and fucking leaving me in a goddamn large. I said all the funny shit. I needed two hours of funny just because this motherfucker shows up, pencil thin mustache, grease back hair, shiny gold lame shirt and rolls his eyes. You're going to fuck that guy instead of me? I wrote stand for it. I refuse. This is my content. You know what, flamenco dancer? You're fucking fired. Who else can I hear now? I need to find a different kind of dancer. That fucking flamenco dancer's got a it. fucking... Podcast Podcast